Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, sports fans. Fill up that coffee cup and that bowl. Sit back and relax. Because live from Colorado, it's time for the Sports Offensive. Welcome, everyone, to the Sports Offensive. Sorry about that little uh, brief delay there. Uh, we are in the frigid Colorado, and I'm sure it's frigid all around the globe. I actually heard that it may be snowing in my hometown, which averages about 120 degrees most days. So congratulations to them if they actually got snow last night. It's always kind of fun when you never see snow. When you live out where we live, of course, you get used to seeing snow quite often. But uh, we don't usually see all the snow in January, February, and we've seen a fair amount. So hopefully we're going to have a big uh, a big fall and get a lot of snow out here. Good not only for the mountains, but good for camping over the summer. Make sure that you can have, you know, wildfires and things like that. Um, and, uh, but it was a little bit of treacherous travel on, what day was it that we got the snow? Was it Wednesday or Tuesday? I think it was Tuesday. Wednesday. It was Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday. And your trip home was uh, adventurous, to say the least. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I even left work early that morning, so or that afternoon. I left at 3 o'clock, normally 3.30. Traffic is usually already kind of building by 3.30, so I thought I had to jump on things. Uh, traveling from Boulder to Denver, you know, there's a highway 36 that was smooth, you know, but then as soon as I got on 25 to get into Denver there, it just stopped. And, uh, yeah, it usually, it's about a 35, 45 minute drive for me and ended up being about an hour and 50 minutes. So, yeah. So that was fun. Yeah. You know, and imagine if you got off work at five, Oh, you know, but I'm trying to think that nobody in Colorado works till five anymore. I think everybody in Colorado gets off early. And it uh, looks like we got JP on the line. JP, do you got something going in the background there? We're hearing a lot of noise. Oh, you know what? Sorry, guys. Uh, I forgot to mute the TV. My bad. <laughs> All right. Go ahead and get that thing turned off there. Yep. Sounds Big, uh, like somebody's having raucous lovemaking in the background. I was going to say, to me, it sounds like you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's more happening. Yeah. So, folks, uh, I'm glad you're tuning in this morning. We do appreciate it a lot. Um, I am your host, Mark Ademus. We are here in the Broomfield Studios. I'm here with uh, with Nate Dog. We've got JP down on location in, uh, I, is that Denver? The Veranda Heights, that, baby. Yeah, but what city is that? Is that Denver? That's probably Inglewood. Maybe it's Inglewood. Okay, that would make sense. Or is Centennial, it JP, maybe. are you with us? Yeah, no, it's actually the DTC. Oh, oh Denver, Tech Denver Tech Center. Okay, but that's not a city, is it? That's just an area. Well, that's an area. Englewood is actually a little bit to the west of me. So what does it say on your mail? It says Denver. Oh, so it is Denver. Denver. Okay. Denver proper. All right. So we got JP on location down in Denver proper. Uh, We want to go over today the Super Bowl, which some people are calling the super disappointment. I am not actually of that group, but a lot of people are. 
Uh, we also want to go over the latest mock draft predictions for the NFL, at least the first uh, 15 to 20 picks or so. We probably won't get much deeper than that as, as you know, it starts to get much more conjecture mm-hmm. as you go too far. The top 10 are kind of the big ones. And we also want to review just kind of what's going on in the, in the Major League Baseball. Just, you know, what, just been a few signings, a few things that have happened. Nothing crazy. We're still waiting for the big signings of the biggest free agents. But uh, I have a feeling those three guys are not going to get signed until, like, maybe even spring training starts, which is not good. You don't want to have a player that has not taken a seat of pitch yeah, until I the think season starts. The story for me is more why than, than anything. Like, why is this happening? It's continuing to get later every year. Last year this happened, too. If you don't remember, um, I can't remember who some of the last free agents to sign were off the top of my head, but I know that spring training had already start you Darvish. There you go. He was, he was definitely one of them. Um, so yeah, it seems to be these names. It's like a market correction is happening. Conjecture is that they don't want to get stuck in a long-term 10 year contract for an, an inflated amount and then have a player not produce. Well, you know, yeah. Like, like you look at Pujols, right? Pujols was really nice the first two, three years. He was really did well on that contract for the for the uh, Angels. Then he got old. And then he got old. And and you know now that's not the case with Bryce Harper and Machado. I mean these guys are twenty three, twenty five, but uh, there's also some questions about their character. And when you spend that kind of money to become a face of your franchise, it is it does make you a little nervous about bad character. I think there's still questions about Bryce Harper's ability. You know, I mean right. the guy he only batted like two sixty five last year. So to me, that's not superstar. That's not, I mean, you know, if he hit 50, if had he hit 55 homers and batted 265, okay. But he only hit 35 or what was it? 39, Even 40, maybe? 45 would have been, you know, yeah. Then you're a power hitter and just not a right. player, but you're talking about the guy who's supposed to be one of the greatest, you know, but you know, no well, wonder no one wants to remember, pay 30 million. Remember, remember JD drew, right? Yeah. I mean, Scott Boris is going in there going, Oh, this is the most talented player in history. He's about to enter his prime. It's like, well, what if he's a, not even a late bloomer, a no bloomer, you know? Yeah. What if he's already hit his peak? <laughs> right. Which would be kind of sad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's only 26. Right. Or he will be 26. I think when the season starts. So, you know, he's definitely moving into his prime. He could bust out, but again, he, maybe he wasn't developed properly and he uh, this is it you know? i'd be far more concerned with the fact that so three years ago four years ago now that he had a three, monster season yeah. and he hasn't come close since and so that would lead me to think that they're that yeah the talent is there the head isn't there and it's, that's it, that's dangerous it's weird too because he always starts hot he always has a great april and then you're like yep he man he should have been picked higher in the draft you know everyone's walking around talking uh Bryce Harper probably should have been a top 5 and you know he was probably going in the second and third round in some drafts last year and to be fair though he did have a good fantasy season he had oh, yeah. to do well so he was a top 10 outfielder so you know but he wasn't a top 10 player I'd have to go back and look at the numbers. I don't remember what his numbers were. Yeah, he wasn't. I'm, I'm our, our league 90, is kind of different than a lot of leagues. So 90% sometimes sure. you, well, we need to check that. If but, a guy gets some steals and a good number of homers, sometimes he can still pan out to be a pretty strong player. Yeah, no, he was productive in fantasy, no doubt. Uh, when you hit home runs, you know, anything over 30, you're going to get some points. So 
and we will talk about him a little bit later. And then we also have uh, we're going to review our top. We're going to start our fantasy football preview or fantasy baseball preview. Excuse me. Um, it's going to be interesting this year because I'm sure you'll be doing research. I will be doing none other than posting the top ten lists of each position or maybe top thirty depending on outfield and pitcher for ESPN because I've noticed everyone who doesn't do any research does better than me in the draft. So well, I'm going to stop creating expectations and just I, go by what I know. I don't. I would suggest at least reading up on the prospects. Oh, prospects, yeah. Yeah. But I'll, but the chances I'll be taking a prospect are low because every time I take a prospect, they don't produce until I'm already out. I of think it. I'm going to go like half prospects. <laughs> Good. That'll that'll take you out of the running. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, sure. You're like like sure. Acuna. Yeah. Had a phenomenal rookie year. Yep. But he didn't play well until almost July. Right. And so by July, I was already almost out of it. Yeah. And same thing happened to me when I, I took Bryce Harper his rookie year. And again, he didn't start producing until the end of the year. Yeah. And or like when I used to take um, a lot of people take Miguel Cabrera and they'd have great seasons. I would take Miguel Cabrera and the guy would be terrible until about August. And then he'd go off again once I'm out of it, once I'm no longer in the running for the playoffs, once I have no chance of making the postseason. I, yep. And had that happen before. You know, I, I have that amazing. Now, if, if we can ever get in, ourselves into a dynasty league, which I'm going to float that this year to see who would be interested and then like start putting the put place, pieces in place now. For next season to do a dynasty, I would be amazing to get a dynasty because my players are always great two years after or the year after I draft them. So then I would get to keep my guys, but we'll see what happens. I mean, mm-hmm. we did the dynasty league in football this year, and while I'm very excited about my team for this coming year, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a really good team. There's no guarantee, you know, but I do have the first pick in the draft, which will be nice. So yeah. uh, who I take is going to be uh, is going to be a big question because there doesn't seem to be. That kind of no doubter. You kind you know? of need a QB too, don't you? Oh no, I've got Lamar Jackson and I've got Josh Allen, so I'll I'll live with those two. Yeah. Yeah, yep. I'm not going to draft. I mean, unless, but also because there isn't a QB that really blows my socks off. I mean, the one I like the most is probably is it Kyler Murray? Yeah, Kyler Murray, whatever. Kyler his name Murray, is. yeah. And uh, but he's but he's got danger of he's more of a run first pass second instead of a pass first run second guy, mm-hmm. and while that can certainly be coached. I don't want to draft the number one pick. I'd rather take someone who's impactful, which probably means the best running back. Mm-hmm. If not, if, unless there's a receiver that's really blowing people's, you know, but we're not going to be doing this draft until, you know, they've reported for camp and everything. And we'll have a little bit better idea of how good those players are. That's, but that's true. Anyway, I do recommend for anybody out there who likes playing fantasy sports, get into some dynasties or get one dynasty. Don't do more than one because these are long-term prospects and you got to be willing to commit about 10 years uh, to these leagues for them to be worth anything. So, uh, and so far, I don't think we've lost anyone in our first year, which is always a plus. And I finished last in the league after a good fit start because of some injuries. But that actually made me happy because that way no one else got last and can piss and moan and quit. I can be like, nope, I took the bullet for everybody. And, it, you know, I, I kind of put forth bad lineups the last few weeks to kind of help that along. So mm-hmm. um, anyway, if you can do us a favor out there, everybody, uh, if you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, we're under the handle at the sport, uh, excuse me, at the SPT offensive. You can find us on Instagram under the handle, the sports offensive with underscores between the words. You can head to our station website at the sports You can learn about us and our shows, listen to current and prior episodes again at the sports You can always listen to us live on the Blog Talk Radio via our site. You can also check us on demand at Blog Talk Radio, TuneIn, iHeart, Stitcher, and as an iTunes podcast, and, of course, on the website. We uh, like to thank our show supporters, Idiot Cult T-Shirts, who have just come out with a whole new line, Health Guru EK Fit, 
and the Space Savers at Operation Organize. Find them and links to their site on our webpage at thesportsoffensive.com. We love callers, so feel free to contact us at any time, 929-477-3204. Again, that's 929-477-3204. And I'm going to hand the job over to Nate to watch the screen behind me to see if anybody calls in uh, other than JP. I'm going to take a different angle here then. (laughs) Or I can move if you need me to. Um, Uh, Somebody's calling right now, actually. No, that's JP. Oh, that's JP. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. um, But JP, we appreciate you calling to the show. Uh, What's your name? Where are you from? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, my name's JP. How's it going? I'm from the Denver proper. (laughs) Denver Tech Center. And what's your favorite team, JP? Are you one of those uh, Cowboy and uh, Braves fans or Mets fans? Boy, I am definitely not, man. I am Philly through and through. <laughs> Shocker. Shocker. Uh, hey, let me give you some numbers on Bryce Harper real quick. He batted sure. 249 last year. He had 34 home runs and 100 ribbies. So. Ugh, terrible. That's worth like $9 million a year. It's not worth $9 million a year, but in baseball terms, it's worth about $9 million a year. But, uh, boy, wow. disappointing. I mean, that's just to, to say it lightly, that's disappointing. So uh, we want to give you guys the sports offensive trivia question of the, of the day. Uh, Nate, do you want to read that? Yeah, I would love to. So what are the top three OPS seasons in MLB history? Um, and, and that's on base plus slugging, correct? Correct. correct. So on base percentage plus your slugging percentage. Slugging percentage is generally uh, accounts for – how many bases you've gotten. So mm-hmm. the higher your slugging percentage, the higher chance of doubles, triples, and home runs as opposed to singles, whereas on base percentage is how often you get on base. So a home run is worth four, right? I don't know how the formula works because it, it, you, a really good slugging percentage is 1.0. Yeah. So I'm not really sure. I don't know. I, I don't know what the calculation is. Yeah, they I don't know how up, they do it cool. either. Yeah. So if anybody wants to look that up and uh, call in and let us know, that actually be a cool thing to know is how they actually calculate slugging percentage. Uh, I, I know in the baseball world, uh, war is considered a, a more important statistic, at least for voting for MVPs is concerned. But uh, I, I still think that uh, total bases is easier for me to understand. This says total bases divided by at-bats. Oh. Okay, so there you go. So it is just a complete measure of, of bases uh, accrued. So I guess it wouldn't be that much different from just adding total bases to uh, adding total just total bases. I guess would just kind of be yeah. your, be your number. But you know, baseball's got to make it. You know, they like the decimal numbers. So got to do something with the with digits behind the behind the dot. So the uh, there is a secondary part to that question, which I'm not going. Oh, to... Oh, there's more to it than that. Oh, let's see how you are. You're misleading our our <laughs> listener. Leading them astray. I know. I, it's a little confusing, though. Here, you see if you can interpret that. So there's three different ways you can calculate it. So either total bases divided by at-bats. Okay, so, that's, so that that's is one correct. Okay. You can also do singles plus two times doubles plus three times homers plus four times home runs. That's probably what you were thinking of. The third way to calculate it is hits plus doubles plus two times triples plus three times home run. Yeah, that's so the one I was thinking that's the of, one where you basically, actually. You know, we're talking about in parentheses there when you say times, you know, so it's three times home okay, runs. Okay, so, but they all calculate out to, all the same, to the same percentage. <clears throat> Sounds like that's what it's saying. Whew, that was a loud cough. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, 
but like I said, there is a secondary part to that trivia question, but I can't ask that until we answer the first part because it kind of gives away uh, the answer to the first part of the question. So uh, we're going to the top three that. OPS seasons in MLB history. I mean, I I'm you sure you think... can guess the top one easily. Well, I mean, maybe not the year, but the, the what you may not know the exact year, but you can name what happened during that year. So, hmm. but uh, don't answer it yet. Go yeah, ahead and no. save it until the to the halfway point. Yeah, but I'll be shocked if you don't get probably two out of the three, if not all three. So. Yeah, I mean, I I know who the top one is. I think. Yeah, pretty so, sure. Uh, if you watch baseball a lot, that's probably not a hard question. What the second part of the question actually would be more difficult than than the rest of them, and uh, can lead to an interesting discussion point, I think. So I'm looking forward well, to that. Yeah, I don't know what the batting average of was was of that player that year, but it was like over 360. <laughs> right, which never happened. Well, I mean, it happened way back in the day, and then it happened more recently, but there was a whole stretch in between where no one ever hit like that, you know, right. except for like the greatest of the greatest of the greatest players, and even they didn't always hit that Yeah, well. not even not even uh, the Mick, you know, even. No, I think he ever batted like above like 340 or something yeah. like that, or 350, but he always had that bad back problem that was screwing him yep. over. But he was still an idol for a lot of people, man. I, I, I'm always amazed when you talk to people who are from New York, and like almost all of them, and they love DiMaggio, love Maris, love Ruth, love Garrick, but man, Mantle is the one. I mean, the Babe Ruth fans obviously are mostly dead. They most, I mean, if you were alive to watch baseball in 1906, you're probably pretty old at this yeah, point. So, 1927, yeah. Yeah, so uh, you can jump over to the NFL. I mean, obviously we had the biggest game of the year this past week. We had the Super Bowl with a riveting score of 13 to three, uh, not altogether different from what I expected, a lower scoring than I expected. I thought there would be a little bit of an outburst at the, at the end of the game, but I was expecting a defensive battle because, you know, you got the young team uh, in the Rams with their first time in a big, big game going against a superior coaching staff to any other that's ever been in existence. And then you also had the other side, you had Wade Phillips, who's always been a bit of a spoiler for Tom Brady in big games, and they both came through. Really, I mean, you can't you can't fault the defenses on either side. I mean, how did the game seem at all the way you expected, Nate? Well, no. <laughs> if you listened to my gambling seg- segment last week, uh, I think that was our worst week of the season. So I do, do apologize. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, the game is nothing what I expected, and you know, and that's the magic of Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. You know, they. Uh, they are just master game planners and master at adjusting in game. And to me, it seemed a lot like uh, I think the Patriots could have scored more. I think that the Patriots decided as long as we're ahead, we're just going to try and run the clock. I and agree. Because when they had to get that touchdown, they seemed to march down the field and get in the end zone without a whole lot of, of work. So I think that they yep. were like, no, let's just, just let's make this a field position game. Yep. And Gurley's not playing well, and we can, uh, we can get Goff rattled. JP, what was your uh, initial impression after watching the, uh, the Super Bowl? Well, I'll tell you what, guys. A lot of people called it boring. It could have been not more than anything but boring. My opinion on it, and I'm going to say it right out loud, it was a defensive gem of a game. If you know anything about football, if you ever played, if you ever coached, watching Belichick and, and Wilson go back and forth with the way they played that game and coached that game was an absolute gem. Now, people don't understand that because they want, they want the big scoring games that we've gotten all year. I mean, we set a record for NFL points this year. So, Yeah, I think that's a great point, J.P., 
Um, you know, people, everybody was expect points here. Uh, you know, the Rams were the second highest scoring team in the league and the Patriots were the fourth. So, I mean, everyone was expecting it to be kind of a high flying game. I think, um, if you're an X's and O's kind of guy, which I am too, JP, you know, I liked watching the, the mastery of the defense and, uh, it's all Bill Belichick, you know, uh, he basically, mm-hmm he flipped his tendencies from the season. You know, they went all long doing things a certain way. And then when it was time on the field and they thought they had it nailed, they, the opposite happened. It was interesting watching some analysis on ESPN about how they, their game plans for the whole season, like you're talking about, then the start of the playoffs completely flipped. Like if they became a run for, or they were like a run first team the whole year, they were kind of a short passing team the whole year. And they kind of switched it up. They became a long, deep passing team. And uh, Gronk showed his true worth that when that guy gets open, he is almost impossible to bring down or stop. But he doesn't give the awe-inspiring play that we got used to for a number of years, which I don't know if that means his heart's not in it or if he's just got enough injuries that it's like, uh, I just I don't have the explosiveness anymore. But... I mean, obviously Edelman was the, was the key, right? Edelman had what, 12 catches for 140 yards or something like that. I don't know if it was 12, but it was close to that. Um, he won yeah. the MVP. Right? Yes, he did yeah. win the MVP and he deserved it. Uh, although, you know, I think there was, you know, Stefan Gilmore, I think could have been considered considering what he did, uh, right. you know, right. with that interception and the defense, you know, it was a defensive game. So I think giving it to a defensive player would have been okay. Uh, but yeah, Edelman was incredible. Uh, the guy just—I mean—he knows how to get open. I don't know how uh, Bra- uh, Belichick finds these guys because you know it's kind of been a string of them. You know, he had Wes Welker for a while. You know, he had Edelman. I don't know who else he's had. Uh, and well, Edelman he just was seems uh, to find them. I think Edelman was a seventh-round pick or a sixth-round pick, and he was a quarterback. Yeah, and they turned changed him into a receiver. Yeah, that's and right. He was a quarterback. turned him into a great receiver. Yeah, so it just goes to show you. If you know how to get open, that's all that really matters. Tell me what you guys – oh, so I was going to ask you guys. If you had the option to have your dream position as an offensive or defensive coordinator, doesn't matter which team, what would you prefer? JP, what's your preference? And if and what would kind of a uh, style would you run? Boy, that's a good question. Um, I'd say I'd, I'd, I'd probably – I mean, I played both sides of the ball when I played in high school. So I, I'd probably go to the defense. And I would run a 3-4, and um, my base defense would be a two-man under and because uh, that's what I played on Madden, college football, and everything else, and it's what right. I know the best. Right, right. Now, if you were to do offensive uh, coordinator, what kind of scheme would you look to run there? Well, you have to uh, go with the times and run a spread, I think. You can't go traditional football and go back to the – old style. I mean, the turning point in the Super Bowl for me is when Belichick went against everything he ever does and put Julian Edelman in motion because that linebacker had to run with Edelman. I mean, that, that just broke open the Rams' defense right there. That was the game right there, in my opinion. So, But uh, I would run a traditional spread offense, and um, I'd have a very big running back that could uh, pound the rock up the middle. Well, we'd always... I think we all hope that we had a great running back. That's kind of the, that's kind of the, the what would you call it, the, the the crux of the whole thing is getting a getting a a viable running back. 
Broncos went through how many there in a row before they found one that was decent in Philip Lindsay. So yeah. um, goes to show you. So Nate, how about you? What would you be your preference? Well, I would sir. I'm an offensive guy. Uh, so I would be an offensive coordinator. I, you know, I like to think I'm innovative. I would like to do some sort of hybrid offense where I would, you know, I think it's so important that you have balance. So I think that's where I would really focus on that 50-50 balance running and passing the ball. And and much like JP, I would want a, a big bruising running back as well. That would be kind of my main focus, even more than the quarterback, I think. I mean, obviously quarterback's the most important, but... Hey, if you have a good running game, your quarterback's going to be... I, yeah, better. if I had a, you know, a big bruising back, I think that would really fit my offensive style the best, so... All right, so if you were to go defense? If I were to go defense... You know, I think now I, everybody says they have a base defense now, but, but I mean, you're never in your base anymore. You know, it's, right. uh, you might be in your base on, you know, first or second down, you know, but boy, you're just, it's just not that common anymore. So if I had to declare a base, I guess I would go with a four, three, because I like to be able to stop the run. And I like those two big guys in the middle. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I like the the edge rush, whether that comes from the ends or it comes from the linebackers. You know, you can do a mix safeties up the middle, uh, you know, but I do think those two big bodies in the middle are really important. So that would I guess that would be my base. If I had to choose one, I would be more of a nickel uh, type base mm-hmm. if I could, you know, where I'd have three corners on the field at all times uh, and whether that's three corners or two corners and three safeties because, you know, there's extra tight end on the field. I, I would match up personnel if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I yeah. actually would do something similar to that. Defense would be my first choice. I love defense. I love I stunts figured, yeah. and, and pulls and things like, well, not my pulls are offense, but you know, same idea, like mm-hmm. having a guy that's on the right, your right end uh, blitzing between your left end and D tackle uh, on a four man line. I would actually probably run a five, two, so I would have five down linemen and two linebackers. I would have two linebackers that are designed only for basically taking out the run. That would be their entire job would be to stop the running backs. The five down linemen, obviously, hopefully they can be run stoppers, but all of them would be geared towards blitzing the quarterback, causing pressure, whether it's outside or the inside, constant stunts to get pressure. Because if you get pressure on the best quarterback, they're not any good. Uh, obviously, this would, this would require me to often take in the first round a defensive lineman, which I'd be fine with. I would also then have, like you're talking about, the nickel. So I would have five defensive backs. I would either have um, – actually, I don't know if it would be five. It would be four. No, well, nickel, nickel is traditionally five. Well, I think mean, if I did a five-two, though, so if I had five linemen and then two linebackers, that's seven players, so you only get four more. So it would be probably four cornerbacks. So I might take a guy off the line um, and let him drift back as a linebacker because a lot of three, four guys can be linebackers or, or linemen, and then I've had them f- fade back and put an extra – so what if somebody field. comes out with four wide receivers? Well, you have your four, you have your four, um, what you call uh, four defensive backs that can cover them. But of course, the the goal on this game plan is that you're going to get pressure, and right. and no one can ever have enough steps to get open. So I'd have them, I'd have my guys play back. Oof. I'd have the linebackers both play into a zone, you know, to cover the middle area like of the field. Zero. Right, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how else I would do it to have yeah. enough pressure, but for me, it's all about pressure. And you if you have, have an exceptional, well, oh, absolutely. But you have to have an exceptional blitzer otherwise to do. You have to have a Bosa, a Von Miller, of a Cleo Mack. Everybody's defense needs that to be successful, though. Right. Well, no, I'm saying if you, it, 
but I think I could get away with not having that if I had a tremendous defensive lineman and oh. one shutdown corner. That would be a key. I need a Tlaib. I need a you know Champ Bailey, a whoever you want to say, uh, a Peters. You know the guys out there right now who could just shut someone down completely. That that's critical. That takes, that takes out that number one. I agree. Yeah, so. Cor- corners highly impactful position. Yeah, it might be the most important position on defense. Although I, mean, I would say you know pass rusher right would be number one maybe. You were probably listening to the same thing I listened to uh, on Friday on the way to work, which was they were talking about how many teams that were deep in the playoffs this year and last year had top corners, first round corners on their team. And like the Rams had three of them and the Patriots had two of them. I mean, it's just like, there was a lot of now, of course with the Patriots, you're usually talking about uh, the 30th, 31st or 32nd overall pick in the NFL. But then they also, there's, they make such shrewd trades all the time and pick up guys that, you know, they pick, they pick up extra picks all the time. Yes, they do. You know, they're always slanging players and uh you know moving on to the next guy dude and you know it sucks for the player because you're probably never going to have a long career if you're on the New England Patriots or at least a long career on that team right you know because they'll if, they'll if dump you before you become expensive yeah right when you get when you get good they'll just dump you and uh, why not they've shown that it doesn't matter that they can find someone to take your place they can find scheme fit players or they can change their scheme to fit yeah. their players. Yeah, I mean, if you were to match up the just the, the talent of the Rams' defense position by position with the Patriots' defense, you – I mean, first of all, that Rams' defense has like six or seven of the, of the starters are first-round picks. And, and good picks. Yeah. Good players. So I, it just blows you away. I mean, the talent is certainly there for the Rams. And, I, and again, their defense did play well. Uh, I'm not taking anything away from that. They did, but, but I felt like what I was talking about with Aaron Donald, Donald continued. He was good, but he didn't impact the game. He didn't change the game. I think he had yeah. maybe a sack or a hurry. He might have that one sack. I can't remember. JP, do you have that stat? Uh, you know, I think he had three tackles for loss and no sacks, but I can look it up. Okay. So, I mean, the, he's just not the impact that he was earlier in the season that was dominating. Uh, yeah, Dominic right. Sue didn't seem to cause a lot of disruption, but I think for Ndamukong, he's not fast enough to beat the two-second play options that the Patriots run. And But, I mean, it, obviously, you know, the, the, the secondary, which was top-notch, did work mm-hmm. because the Patriots only scored 13 points, and they didn't have a ton of yards. I mean, they had right. a lot of punts. And uh, quick side note, Bilicek almost always has a left-footed punter. Right. He always does that because to him, it's like punters aren't that different from one another. But if it's a left footed punter, it'll spin differently and it'll confuse the players. So Belichick always looking for that just single edge. That's a cool, you know, yeah, it's a cool little stat. (laughs) And then uh, the other thing I thought was kind of interesting about the game was Gurley. What is going on? This is your best player. I, I mean, something weird is happening there. I agree with you. I, 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 I really, I, I really want to weigh out on this. I, I could not have seen a more disingenuous player sitting on a bench than Todd Gurley. I think something happened between either him and McVay or him and Kroenke that just said, we're not going to play you. I, 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 I've never – he's not hurt. I mean, everyone said it. He's not hurt. They just weren't going to play I would tend to think that it's a Kroenke thing because – 
if it wasn't, I think Kroenke would override McVeigh. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you are mm-hmm. playing, you are playing our best player. I mean, yeah. this guy is unbelievable. You're going to give him the they ball were, at least two times every drive for the first five drives. Anytime he drives. had a hundred yards, they they won nine and zero. Oh this I think year. it was twelve touches they won every time he had twelve touches or more. Yeah, eighteen touches. Oh, it was eighteen. Yeah. That's a lot of touches. So I was listening to that show too. Uh, but uh, yeah, eighteen touches. That's a lot. So yeah. That's, I mean, if you if you go three and out, three yeah. and out, three and out, three and out, that's not. It's going to be hard to hit. Still, 18. I mean, the guy's your best player, and he just disappeared in the playoffs. Gone. It's, dude, it was just bizarre. So, I mean, the only speculation I can obviously an injury is one, mm-hmm. but it's just the way that it went down and like how they just didn't talk about it and. It, there's something weird going on. Makes you think that he like either talked shit to somebody, like maybe he was bitching about not getting let, allowed to play when he wanted to play. They had him sitting out, but it also seemed like he was the one who came forward and said he was hurt. So I, maybe they thought he wasn't mentally ready. That could totally be it, or maybe something's going on in his personal life. You know, maybe uh, he's having some mental health problems or addiction problems, or um, who knows, man? Maybe he got dumped. You know, um, I don't know his yeah, personal life, you know. So, I mean, it could be a number of things. Uh, my eardrum just blew out. Yeah, what are you doing over there, JB? <laughs> I actually didn't I do know, anything. <laughs> oh. I don't know if the people on, at, on you know, listening to the show can hear it or not, but it's, it's like every, like, 10 seconds or so, it's like a big scratchy, psh, you know. And I don't know. I, what I, I was trying to figure out what it was. I wondered if it's your Bluetooth turning off. You know, and then hearing the sound and then turning back on. Oh, I bet. I'm not using the Bluetooth, man. I am wired. <laughs> oh, okay. No, that's even more wild. Huh. I, I know. I, I, I can't hear it. <laughs> the ghost of Christmas past. <laughs> yeah, it's just exactly. So <laughs> Maybe people at home may not be able to hear it. So yeah. uh, we can go ahead and move on from that. But, yeah, I, I you know, you might be right. Maybe he did get dumped or, or here's, something. Here's I mean, something you to consider this is a conspiracy theory but maybe he beat up his girlfriend or something and it's coming down the pipeline uh, wouldn't that be something Some, or or you know i mean not that boy that's a terrible thing to say but like maybe no, he but, just did something and broke the law or maybe they don't know about it but he did do something and he's one and he doesn't know if it's going to come out or not and then he can't focus I mean, yeah i mean it's totally could, possible this is just speculation oh of course we're not yeah, saying that he did yeah anything. yeah i just, just want to make it clear right that, that it there's is no speculation. rumor on this or anything yeah, we're yeah. just trying to figure out why in the world you would not give your best player as many times as possible to to win the game or break it open I will say that the three times I saw them throw a screen out to him or a, or a swing pass mm-hmm. out to him, boy, the Patriots were on it, man. They tackled him in the backfield every time. Yeah. And he, seemed like he weird. went down easy, didn't it seem like, that he got tackled easily? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Something I, something I, about that was I weird. could be something as simple as an injury, too, you know? I mean, that's what I, I think he would come out and say that, right? And be like, well, all right, you know what? His shoulder was hurt. His but he ankle wasn't, was tender. He wasn't listed on the injury report. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's why it doesn't make much sense. You, they would have said something about it if he was hurt. I, it just it can't well, be it can't be a physical injury. Go ahead, JP. you, you got to remember McVay said that he was not injured. And Gurley said he was not injured. They both said it. Right, right. Yeah, so, okay, what the heck is going on? You know, I mean, there's a, there's a there's a point in that game where he's sitting on the bench with a blank look on his face. 
Yeah. I mean, there was no emotion on the guy's face. Yeah, it's gonna be. I'm sure it'll come out before next season. That was, I mean, because people in LA have to just be flabbergasted. And CJ, you know, CJ Anderson helped them forget about that, showing that the scheme is very good in LA, but that's still not the same as having the possibly the MVP of the league kind of guy. I know he didn't win the MVP. Patrick Mahomes did. You know, congratulations to him. Hard to argue with that one. I do think that. It seems like in football they bet on the MVP before this, the postseason starts. I'd like to see baseball make it at least if you don't announce it, do your votes before the postseason starts in MLB. I don't think you should. The, there is the playoff or each each series MVP you can get an award for. You shouldn't get a, a year long award because you were good just in the playoffs. Well, not just the playoffs, but so good in the playoffs as opposed to the rest of the season. So I actually found an article with a bunch of quotes from McVeigh on, on the girly situation. So here, let me read this real quickly. Um, one reporter asked, so where was the all pro running back in Super Bowl 53? Okay. Valid question, right? Uh, Rams head coach, Sean, uh, Sean McVeigh attempted to answer that question Tuesday after Gurley rushed for 35 yards on 10 carries in the Rams loss. Right? So we had gone in, this is, this is quoting Sean McVeigh. We had gone in knowing that we wanted to be able to almost have kind of a shared load between he and CJ Anderson. McVeigh said in his end of season press conference. So the amount of attempts that we had just rushing the ball in the last couple games was a little bit different. Specific to the game the other night, Todd gets into a little bit of rhythm or it would seem like when we'd have a good positive run, then something would inevitably occur to set us back. And then when you're not efficient on third downs, we just didn't get a lot of attempts off. That really ended up being a big result of what ended up happening. That's his explanation. Yeah, just something doesn't feel right, but we never know. We don't really know what happened. It could have just been, hey, man, we're not going to have him run every down because he's been hurt, and we got to make sure he's okay for next year, uh, not career-threatening-wise, and we're only going to give him two series to every one for CJ, and then CJ has better production, and they say, well, we're going to, do now two to CJ to one girly because we're getting more yards. I mean, uh, you can do that, right? You can change yeah, your mind. They're, they're hiding something. No, there's no doubt in my mind. Hopefully it's something juicy. Give us something to talk about in a future episode. Yeah, I hope so. But uh, obviously we don't hope anything bad on No, on, on anyone. On anyone. So, yeah, well, anyone. maybe if it was uh, Josh McDaniels, the Broncos fans might be willing to, <laughs> to hope bad things, but that doesn't have a whole lot to do with Gurley. <laughs> Uh, let's see. So, what time? How many? How far on the show are we here? We're about okay. So, not forty time for minutes the, in. Not yeah. time for the trivia question yet. Not quite uh, yet. Is there any other main topics from the Super Bowl you guys wanted to cover? I do want to ask. Uh, well, anything else from the game you want to cover? Um, dun, 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 I don't think so, man. Dun, dun, I mean, dun. it's amazing the talent that the Rams have and that 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 performance happened. You know, I, I just don't know if they froze up and were just going in conservative and just couldn't get the job done. I don't understand. I just think that Goff looked understand. confused. Yeah, he did. Both he and McVeigh. They were well, he was pacing that sideline like a deer in the headlights. Well, I just think that they didn't prepare Goff quite right and Goff couldn't handle the fact that the Patriots showed almost zero pre snap read. 
it was like we're doing the same base yeah. every play. Yeah. Just to make it hard on your quarterback who's young. And I think the Patriots basically said to themselves, uh, Tom, that ball is out of your hand in one point or you just throw it away. Yep. And he's more than happy to do and that. If, you know, and if we don't make a play on it, we don't make a play because we're just going to keep stopping them. Well, there's one so, team that never, ever panics. It's the Patriots. They oh. never panic. I agree. They never make those stupid errors, right? I think part of it might have been they said, hey, you know what? No unforced errors. Let's just do zero unforced errors. Whatever we're, whatever else we're doing, no unforced errors. They're going to make at least a couple. They're just too young to not make mm-hmm. a couple. And Brady even made yeah. an error, right? Because I mean, you guys remember Brady did throw that pick on the first right down play. On the the, wasn't it the first play of the game? Oh, that one, then yeah. But I, I was thinking more of the one that he did. Didn't he do one first close to the pass. goal line? He did one like on the like on the fifteen yard line of the you know like going into score. Yeah, that's and I true. thought that that one was a huge turnover. Yeah, I mean the Patriots did the same thing yeah. to the to the to the uh, Rams, of yes. course. But yeah, yeah, it's a that was just an interesting game. I mean they just really confused the hell out of him. JP, uh, any last thoughts on the actual game itself? Well, I'll tell you what. It's Bill Belichick's greatest coaching job I've ever seen him do. And Bill yeah. Belichick is known for great coaching jobs. I mean, he completely outcoached Sean McVay. McVay got taken to the old whooping shed on that game. I know the score doesn't really reflect it, but you know what? Bill sat back and said, I really don't need to score the points because they're not going to score. I mean, the Rams had no plays inside the 25-yard line. In that say, uh, Sean McGay, uh, Sean McVay, <laughs> boy, that's a Freudian slip because you're about what I'm going to say. Sean McVay got a great CJ there. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. But it's, it's by far Belichick's best performance as a coach I've ever seen. Brady was a game manager, didn't need to really make the big play when he had to. Gronk was right there. Gronk was double covered on that play and still yeah, caught Gronk- the ball. One-handed. He's definitely still a red zone threat, I think, for another couple of years. But he's never going to – he won't be that explosive player ever again. I think he's just too old oh, no, at this no, point. No. He, he's so old. And, and quite frankly, I, I think he retired. I think he's going to retire. I think I mean, he he's going to go out on top. He's going to go out Gronk style and party his ass off. I agree. Makes me sad because he's been on most of my championship uh, fantasy football teams. Because when I usually when I was able to get him at a discount, yeah. Because the year before he had gotten hurt, and then you, he'd fall for the fourth or fifth Travis round. Kelsey's kind of taking that mm-hmm. title. Yeah, well, boy, what a what a year he had! Holy cow, but dude, he's been incredible like three years in a row. Now. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, he was the he almost was like the best target outside of. I mean, I'm, Hill was probably still a better target, but yeah. boy, Hill Hill slowed down at the end. He and, had uh, Kelsey, and Kelsey stepped up. So Yeah, yeah. Hill um, had a few stinkers. And Ertz had some of the most amazing weeks I've ever seen from a tight end, but, boy, he's not consistent. And that's what makes him dangerous. He can win the game for you outright, but he can also give you a zero or yeah, two. Yeah, he is. He's an explosive guy. Yeah, he's kind of all or nothing. So, uh, as for the Super Bowl event, yeah. what would you grade the halftime show? Ugh. Negative. I think I, I think I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. Um, that was horrible. I'll, yeah, I'll that. Why did Adam Levine have to take his shirt off? Because he wanted to impress all his teeny bopper fans oh. who love the the skinny, tall, the the was not lengthy. What do they call that? Lang, lang, 
gangly? What is, what's he calling a guy with a long torso and everything? Yeah, gangly. Yeah, so that the, that seems to be what girls love that, and then they love all the tattoos that usually you know usually don't make him bad decisions. You know, for yeah. him it worked out because he happened to be. Uh, I guess I guess he's a well, you can't musician. call it a wardrobe malfunction because it was intentional. <laughs> so right? Jan Jackson's sitting at home stewing. Yeah. You know, my nipples look better than that. You know. <laughs> uh, but boy, what a just. And maybe you know I don't listen to any of his music. But then again, I didn't listen to a ton of Bruno Mars and Beyonce music. But boy, they they're talented. That show, they're, man. Bruno is super talented. Yeah. I, that's not really my that style dude. of music. To be honest, like I don't, I wouldn't go out and purchase his music. Right, I'm not. But buying when I funk hear you it, up, but... and like I can, you can tell the guy is incredibly talented. Well, just but the but for me, more than the it's more than the song. It's the show. Yeah. And Adam and he... put on no kind of a show. It was like he was just standing there holding his guitar and waving a That's finger. That's the thing about Bruno, right? He can dance. Boy, he can move, man. Yeah. So can Beyonce. I mean, yeah. And then when yeah, the two Adam, of them were like, it was just jamming on his guitar, you know. I mean, yeah. And it's like if you're gonna be just kind of a sitting there act, you got to be Tom yeah. Petty. You got to be, you know, the Rolling Stones or, or you Aerosmith. Just done some or... Crazy guitar runs, you know. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I just it was just I don't know, man. I and the second I had to admit I don't know the other guy at all. I guess he's a. I think he. I think he's an Atlanta-based rapper, and he may be very famous. I don't listen to rap ever since Tupac and Biggie went down. That was the end of my rap days. So, I don't know who that was. I'm not saying that his song was bad. I just didn't know the song at all. But it didn't seem to add much pizzazz to the show, other than the car, which was kind of cool. You know, bringing that. I think it was a Cadillac, right? That they, mm-hmm. they pumped out onto the field. So yep, yep. That was kind of cool. But yeah. everything else was just. Yeah. What do you think, JP? Well, you know. Um, Maybe Bringing out just, the Cadillac, that, that, that's the ATL right there. I mean, I don't personally know that guy's music. I thought he blew, quite frankly. Um, the ATL could have represented, you know, a little bit better. And, um, I, I mean, Maroon 5, I, I'm an average Let's fan to me. We're, we are not – we do not represent a good cross-section of this country, no. the three of us. No. <laughs> no. I mean, we do okay though, because like I'm the only. Uh, I'm saying, we're white boy, but we I'm, the, I'm the only males. one of the three of us that likes country music, right? And then you two are the only, or two out of the three that like jam band music. And I say we all like rock. I liked rap, especially back in the '90s and early 2000s. I, li- I like early rap as well. So I mean, yeah. Now we're not a good modern. Run DMC, come on, Easy yeah. NWA. Oh. Yeah, that was the first rap all group, that pretty stuff, much. All that first, stuff was first great. gangster rap group, I yeah. guess you would say. Uh, I still remember seeing uh, Digital Underground in concert as my Beastie first concert Boys. ever. I hate the Beastie Boys. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm, I'm a minority in that. Wow. One. Fight for Your Right was good, but man, that Sabotage song to me is one of the worst songs I've ever heard. Girls was annoying. Brass Monkey was just, ugh, they're just terrible songs, man. How do you not like Brass Monkey? Yeah, Brass that's Monkey. Stupid. Come on, that funky monkey. That funky yeah. monkey. To me, their lyrics were pointless. They never told. Brass they never told monkey. a story, and the music was very average. It was just very repetitive, singular chords. It was just unimaginative hmm. to me. But I thought that they were. I thought they were just popular because they were white guys rapping. They were really the first rappers, in my opinion. Really? You're they right on that point. After, they came after and uh, Easy E and NWA, didn't they? I don't think so. No. Really? Uh, they were. You know what they actually were? They were speed metal. They actually were a speed metal band in the eighties. Yes, and yep, speed metal. They were no, they were like punk, really. Yeah, 
I yep. could see that. It almost sounds yeah. kind of like a ska band. Yeah, it was really actually punk type music. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Which I wasn't really into that either. I mean, I know some people loved, uh, like, who was uh, the thing, uh, My Name is Mud? Um, Primus. Primus. You know, that was a good, yep. I, I, to me, that's the same kind of a group. Although I guess they they like to characterize them as like college rock or something like that. Hmm. But I don't know. I can never get into, I can never get into them at all. Primus is alternative more, I think. What would you categorize that yeah, as? But, yeah, I don't, I don't know what, I say that's what I'm saying is I don't know what you call them. Because I think of alternative, I think more of. Well, Pearl I was gonna, Jam. I, yeah, see, I was going to say Pearl Jam, Nirvana, and stuff, but I guess that's actually grunge. Yeah. Like Owls and Chains and Stone Temple Pilots. Well, I know Pilots were just rock. No, those were they were grunge for were a they? bit. Yeah. Man, if only that Scott Whalen hadn't gotten into <laughs> drugs, man. That could have been a great band. But yeah. we are definitely getting to the older section. I mean, the only newer artists <laughs> I know are the ones that are hot, so I know Ariana Grande, um, and I know Nicki Minaj. You love Ariana Grande. I mean, who doesn't? She's amazing. Holy cow. There's a reason that all the Put former presidents are staring at her when she walked by Put on that stage. Girl on a stripper pole. She she practically is on one in her videos anyway. So, you know, I know. it's kind of crazy when you think back when she was on like on the Disney Channel, you know, and it was like I wonder is like was she always dirty and she just kind of hit it then or did she just kind of suddenly grow up and then, you know, and then be like, "Oh, like when Britney, like I love when Britney used to be like, oh, I'm a virgin. And it's like, virgins don't dance like that because you're basically dancing is basically showing your sex moves on the dance floor. And, you know, sure, you could be taught by some people, but you're not going to get it right until you actually know what you're doing. So, nice. but Mark has a virgin radar, guys. I love it. I just, <laughs> no question. No question. Look on the dance floor. You can, you can, you can figure it out pretty quickly on women. So, I mean, it works for the guys too, but guys are much the majority of guys are more awkward on the dance floor anyway, which is probably, oh, probably yeah. translates to most guys are probably awkward in the bed, right? Because women can just do everything in bedroom and make it amazing. And, you know, for a guy, it's kind of like, well, try and just knock one thing out well so that you're, you know, you're an honorable mention, you know? So anyway, <laughs> hey, congratulations. Yourself, I ain't awkward in the bed. I didn't say all. I said more common. <laughs> JP is a regular Juan, JP. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I didn't have a five-year booty call from Harvard for a reason. Now, now wait a minute. The sheep does not count. That was just a, a, a placeholder. Come on. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you guys leave. You guys leave Charlie out of this. <laughs> yeah, Nate, you keep your mouth shut. <laughs> hey, what happens in Spice of Life stays in Spice of Life, right? <laughs> so, uh, before we jump over to the mock draft picks for the NFL, just wanted to mention the new XFL. Now, when does that start? Is that next? Tonight. Oh, it starts tonight. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad you brought that up. Yeah, tonight. All right. And it's funny because it's a, I think it's actually called the Alliance of American Football now mm. is what they're going to go with. Isn't that okay. Can well, you weigh in on that title? I believe that's what you know, I actually, I, I, I did not hear that. Um, I did not know it started tonight either. What channel is it going to be on? That I do not know. Hmm. Well, I mean, here's, here's, I mean, Vince McMahon tried this one other time. So he hates well, yeah. me. We all remember he hates me, right? You know, number 31 for LA. Las Vegas. I remember watching. That's what he had on his jersey. <laughs> Yeah, it was great. They could put whatever their nickname was. And, you know, we also yeah. got Maddox, right? Tommy Maddox was won the bowl in that in that the very big game at the end or whatever it was called. He won that, and he went on to play for Pittsburgh for a couple of years before they got Big Ben. 
And I also remember the very, 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 very first game, which was San Francisco versus somebody. It was, the, it was one of the games that first week. Oh, I watched that game, and it was riveting. It was a great game, and it came down to a nail-biter finish. And I thought, you know what? Maybe this league is going to be good. And then never saw another good game. All right, that. so here's some of the quirks. I'll, I'll give you kind of the rundown. Um, so there's eight teams. Okay, we got the Arizona Hot Shots, the Atlanta Legends, the Birmingham Iron, Memphis Express, Orlando Apollos, Salt Lake Stallions, San Antonio uh, Commanders, and then the San Diego Fleet. So San Diego from, Fleet. Well, that one actually is clever. What I heard, the Arizona Hot Shots are the favorite in Vegas. Okay. Uh, they have some talent down there, apparently. Um, there is no kicking game. So really? you will have no kickoffs. Uh, every team starts on the 25. You have to go for two, which is exactly I'm, how I would have done it since the beginning. I think the NFL then is probably going to look to this as a, the, as a I testing think, ground. I think that's half the reason they're doing it. I really believe that, it, it, that it's sort of a, a testing ground to see how it goes about the kicking game. I mean, if you think about it, boy, that's a topic for a whole other show, but – I mean, the roster space that you could save on special teams, right? All of a sudden, think how deep you are at all these. No, you could carry five running backs, six running Extra backs. Extra QB, always have three. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you can always have three. Um, so I don't know how they would adjust that. That would be one piece of it yeah. that might be interesting. Um but, uh, yeah, so th- those are kind of some of the, the different aspects. You know, you've got some uh, former coaches that are involved. Uh, there's a Rick Neuheisel. Uh, there is a Bob Stoops, as you mentioned. Uh, I think Bill Polian. I'm not sure if he's running the whole league or if he's a coach or an owner. I kind of forget what his role is, but I know he's involved. Well, I know that Bob Stoops has taken the Dallas team. That's what and you said. Yeah. I actually saw that headline the yeah. day I was making the notes. So, boy, they they didn't have their head coach until soon before kickoff. That's dangerous, yeah, <laughs> to say the least. But I guess you gotta gotta do what you gotta do, right? Got to field the team. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I agree with you. You know, don't have to carry a kicker. Don't have to carry a punter. Right. Don't have to carry those three or four suicide guys for your. You know, return team. Oh, I wonder team. if they have punting. That I'm not sure about. Oh, I guess you'd have to have punting. What else would you do? I don't know. Maybe you don't, though. You know what you should do? Is no punting? Just have the quarterback stand back an extra 15 yards or another 10 yards and then just huck it as far as he can down the field. That's what I would do. And that would, you know, play like three flies up, you know, have, uh, you, could, you could, like, you know, you could, and you could change it. You could throw it either high, you could throw it deep, you could throw it both. You know, Bill would probably throw it up in the air high and try and just knock the ball out of the guy's hands before they caught it. Plus, you know, to make it the league fun is if they took away the uh, fair catch interference or take away fair catch. That always yeah. be nice. Get rid of that crap. I can't fair stand catch. Uh, yeah, get rid of that. You just shit. try to get somebody killed? <laughs> right. Fumble. <laughs> yeah. We're trying to reduce all the hits. Let's, let's increase I, some I hits. mean, I guess if, if you took that away, you wouldn't see people fielding too many kicks anymore, right? Well, you, you're not going to be able to do it in the NFL, but you know what? The XFL, these guys, these, these players need jobs, man. They'll, they'll sell out for it. They'll Ooh. be like, you know, hey, CTE, bring it on. So, you know, let's, let's get a little action. Let's get some targeting going on here. <laughs> hey, it was good so, enough for that. I'll tell you what, guys. This is, uh, I mean, the XFL, this is Vince, Vince McMahon to a T. 
It's all based down at Stanford, Connecticut, all the corporate offices. I'm looking at the webpage right now. I mean, every corporate spot is held in Stanford, Connecticut. Yeah, if there's you a lot. For a career, you, you, you a have lot to move to Stanford. Time and money into this thing. So it's his again. This is him again? Oh, yeah. Okay, that would make sense why they call it XFL since he did that before. So it's Vince. Yeah, so I wonder if this is because Vince can't buy a team in NFL. I don't know. Right? They, but, kinda, they, they shun certain well, people. It could be. Yeah, that's part of the problem. Vince wants to play with the big boys just like Donald Trump wanted to, and that's why Donald Trump went with the USFL. I mean, the, the old boys club that we call the NFL doesn't like to let in some of the new blood like a Vince McMahon that has right. tons of money to burn and is a mastermind at promoting pure entertainment. And the USFL had some good players, man. They had Steve Young, and I think they got – did they get Tony Dorsett or Herschel Walker? That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. So they paid him a lot of money, if I remember right. They gave him a small fortune. To, I'm, I'm pretty much they had Jim Kelly, too, at the start. Oh, oh that's right. They did. So, yeah, so some big yeah. time Flutie, Did Flutie play in the USFL, too? Flutie did play. Yep. So I mean, that was a league yeah. that, that had a chance. These days, with the way money is, I don't know if Warren Moon he might have been in there too. Yeah, but there's, I'm there's pretty sure he was. Money, there's none of money you could offer an NFL caliber player to now to go play in the XFL. Could you? I mean, if they paid him fifty million, sure. <laughs> so instead of being like nine, wow. or, you know, you're fourteen million for a running back, and be like, we'll pay you thirty-five million. Well, you know what, guys? Think about all these kids on the practice squads that are, you know, purely just practice squad players. I mean, it's a perfect opportunity for them to go make some money in the offseason of the NFL. That's a great point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, practice squad pays pretty well. I mean, the NFL doesn't pay that bad. But, yeah. but you know, I mean, you're getting those kind of injuries that are lifelong injuries. You, you, you do need to get compensated. So, yeah, I think, that, I think it's a possible, a, a, a severe possibility, JP. They do both, you know. Boy, I would uh, mm-hmm. boy, your body be just destroyed in like four years, though, wouldn't it? Keep playing oh, all the time. You wouldn't make it four years. Yeah, no way. True. I mean, Dion played two sports for a number of years, but one of them is baseball, which is not contact. Yeah, not at least not continuous contact. Yeah, and cornerback is in a high impact position. True, he was a, he was a definite coverage corner. Too, yeah, yeah. So, but that guy was also. Specimen. I mean, he was and an incredible not, athlete. Yeah, yeah. He's not. He's not the average person. He is, so. Yeah. Question of whether he's. I mean, guys, if you guys want to be agents, I can sign you up right now. I'm on the page. <laughs> you know what? I, I'm sure that they'd love to have me. I mean, they'd be like, dude, you could play uh, fullback, I guess, mm. and then I'd be dead after one play. I only have one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just, I'd, I'd be so winded after the first two uh, plays. I'd be like, wait, when do we get a timeout? When do we get a break? You know, uh, maybe that's why some players come off the field every yeah. other play. You know, because they get winded too. Uh, well, so we are about the halfway point here. So before we jump over to the draft, do the offensive trivia question of the week. So Nate, do you want to reread the yeah. question? Uh, so what are the top three OPS seasons in MLB history? Uh, and just to recap on that again, it is total bases divided by at-bats. Uh, that's the simplistic way to look at it. Um, so, okay, so the top three in MLB history. So I want to have I JP guess first. Some, oh, okay. Because I'm sure you know at least one of them. So, JP, what, what would be your guesses? Um, guess? I'm going to have – I mean, you have to go to the steroid era, and you have to say it's got to be Barry Bonds. 
So Barry Bonds yeah, I mean, is definitely in there. I mean, I, I mean, he struck out a lot, but I, I mean, that guy got more walks and strikeouts than uh, a lot of people in history. Yeah. So Barry, Barry is 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 on the list um, for sure. You want to take a stab at, at the year or years? Oh, the year. Uh, let's see here. Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds. Uh, was it ninety-eight or two thousand? No, it was later than that. So obviously one of these has got to be – so he's on the list twice. So one of these has got to be the year he hit the 73 home runs. I'm right. guessing the other one was right. the year before or the year after when he got walked every play. I think 2004 is one of those years. That's the big one. That was the so big one. So that one's 1.4217. So 1.4217 1. So is, is the – yeah, that's the highest ever. And that's on-base percentage plus slugging percentage. Yeah. So – Amazing year. That was the year they got walked like a hundred and two hundred times, whatever it was. Yeah, his on base was close to five hundred for a while. Yeah, there was a season. I don't know if that was the season or the other one on here, but yeah, there was a season when he. Was, I think he actually might have ended four, at five hundred. No, no way. I think four sixty was the highest he ever got. But hey, look so at his slugging percentage was over one. Yeah. Wow. That was that was what was such a big deal back then when he hit like one point oh five and one point yeah. one. And at one point in the season, I think it was like 1.2. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He didn't quite get as high as five, I'm sure. Um, well, that's funny. JP, great guess, because yeah. that was my first guess, too. So there's another year that Bonds did it. But 2004 is, right? That's the big one. Okay, that was the big year. Um, I suppose it was probably when he hit – did he hit 60 again one other time? I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't, yeah. I feel like he got walked too much. Yeah, I think – I don't know if he ever hit 60 again. Um, if I had to guess what season it would be, it had to be around that time. So, I mean, I would say 2002. Mm-hmm. That's the second year. It is, really? That's wow. the second overall. That's two lucky guesses right there. That one is 1.3807. So wow. Two pretty good years in three. Uh, so there's one person you guys haven't named that's also on this list. So, yeah. JP, want to take a stab at it? Well, I mean, if you're going to go with the Bass Brothers, I mean, you have to say Mark McGuire because they are right there with Sammy Sosa for that whole run. And McGuire didn't hit much but home runs, so he's not on this list. Now, I'm not – he's not in okay. the top ten. So, just to give you that. Nate, you want to take a, take a stab? Okay, I'm not – these aren't my guesses. I'm going to do a little deduction on live on the radio here. Okay. So my, my first instinct tells me Babe Ruth and I know Babe Ruth had a huge, don't say anything yet. Don't say anything. No, this is going backwards from the question you asked before, which was if bonds ever hit 50 or 60. No. Okay. He never hit more than 49 except for that one year where he hit 73. Wow. So that's a huge, nobody ever talks about that. Mm-hmm. Well, wow. they did. They did that year. That's when the whole yeah, steroid rumors boy, got going. That's a huge jump. Thirty. Wow. Yeah. And jumping from that number to that number, I mean, right. wow, that's massive. Thirty okay. is a good season. Imagine adding thirty uh, to your total. That's incredible. Okay, so like I said, I think Babe Ruth is kind of the first guy that comes to mind. And I know twenty-seven, nineteen twenty-seven. Wow. I don't know if that was his best year. I know the Yankees won the World Series that year, but that would be my guess. Uh, would be that the only other people I can think of that would even be 
considered into that realm of like that I could think that hit that high batting average and that many home runs and, and all of that were, uh, I think Sammy Sosa had one year where he was pretty monster. I don't know if he got up to 1.3 though. Uh, and then there was another year that if you, you'd have to go back a ways, I suppose to, uh, someone like, uh, Hugh Duffy or a Ty Cobb, <laughs> but they never hit for power. That's true, so, but they batted 420, 440. Yeah, but the lack of home runs. There, yeah, there's okay, no and then I guess Ted Williams' 406 season would probably come to mind. Uh, so those were all the kind of the ones that I processed. Uh, and I know that uh, DiMaggio had one big season. He batted like 353 with like 40 homers or something like that. Dalton uh, Joe. And that DiMaggio. was kind of the end of my list. So I, I, I was going to go with Ruth, 27 Ruth. Okay. Uh, and what was JP's guess? I forget already. Oh, he said Canseco, huh? Or McGuire. So no, no, not Canseco. I was McGuire. I was going to say McGuire had to be in there somewhere. So the answer is Babe Ruth. It's not 1927. It's 1920. 1920, okay. And he batted uh, 1.379, which is only 0.1, or 0.01, I guess. Less, less than, than, than Bonds that year. So... Uh, but that was his big home run year, I think, of 60. Cool, fun and question. And lots of, lots of other stuff. So my, the follow-up question, oh. in the top 10, it's all Barry Bonds and Babe Ruth except for one other player. Can you name the other player? Have we said his name? Uh, I don't want to answer that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> JP, any guesses? I, I, like I said, I got to go McGuire. Okay, I he I I guess I would have to go Sosa. No and no. Okay. So it's Ted Williams. Oh, it is Ted Williams. Uh, it's 1941. Which you may look that up if you have a chance, if you can. I'm not sure what his stats were that year. Yeah, that's I don't know. The year he hit 406. I'm pretty. That sure. is the year he hit 406. Pretty so that sure. would make sense. Uh, and that was 1941, and he had a 1.2875. And uh, he's the number, I want to say he was the seventh overall or eighth overall, something like that. He also was actually the 10th overall as well. So I guess you could say there was two, two positions in the top 10 that were not Ruth or, or Bonds, but still an amazing, amazing list when you look at it, about the numbers that these, those two guys put up. I mean, they're the two greatest hitters ever, and you can't really argue that. My favorite hitter, of course, is Pete Rose because of, of the hustle factor. Yeah, but uh, Ted Williams – is the guy who you is the X factor because the guy spent how many years in the military? Like two, I want to say three or four. 44, 45. Ted, Ted ball game. Yeah. So I, he had at least three or four years, if not more. And it was like right. It was was three years. It was three years. So if he had been, if he had been playing, I mean, don't forget, he still got 3000 plus 3000 plus hits and 500 plus home runs. So that guy could have been close in the running for some all-time record oh, if he wow. had a chance. Dude, this is a great story. I'm going to read this to the listeners real quick. Um, this is kind of an Adrian Beltre symptom. If you remember us talking about how he had that bone spur and then he – okay, so you'll, you'll understand what I'm saying. In the second week of spring training, and this is in reference to Ted Williams, uh, in the second week of spring training in 1941, Ted broke a bone in his right ankle limiting him to pitch hit, uh, pinch hitting for the first two weeks of the season. His teammate, Bobby Doerr, later claimed that the injury 
would be the foundation of Williams' season as it forced him to put less pressure on his right foot for the rest of the season. So it changed his uh, batting stance a little bit and maybe gave him some patience. What were the stats on that year? Um, Okay, so uh, continuing on down. Boy, what a year he had. At the All-Star break, Ted was hitting 406 with 62 RBIs and 16 home runs. Okay, moving forward. It's His season is often considered to be the best offensive season of all time, even though DiMaggio won the MVP that year. <laughs> so it, he did hit 406 that year. Uh, on base percentage, 553. Wow. And a slugging percentage of 735. Wow. Which comes out to 1.2875. Yes, it does. I hope. <laughs> His OPS of 1.287 that year, a Red Sox record, was the highest wow. in the major leagues between 1923 and 2001. Wow. <laughs> Despite playing in only 143 games that year. Did he say how many steals he had? Uh, He led the league with 135 runs and 37 home runs and finished third with 335 total bases. Um, I don't know if Ted was ever a stealer or not. The only reason DiMaggio won probably that season was because he had a 56-game hit streak. Which is hard to argue with. I mean, that's an amazing feat. So. Yep. Wow. I guess it also depends what on the year of baseball that must have been to watch, dude. Yeah, it must have been like 1998. How cool. Because for me, 1998 will always be the greatest year I ever got to watch. I, I can tell you right now, if there was somebody that had a 30-game hit streak, I would be glued to the TV. So there's been a 30 not that not that long ago, right? Uh, so Tim Raines got 40, ago. I think. And then I was thinking there was somebody that was recent that had, like I don't know if it was Griffey or um, Tony Gwynn. A 30? Yeah. Yeah, somebody weird, like or somebody kinda off the wall. It's think... like Jerome Walton or something like that. <laughs> oh, that that name that's a nice name to pull out. I think it was him. He had like thirty something, thirty two, thirty three. Yeah. I can't remember exactly, but yeah, it's been a while since had because that was in the nineties. Yeah, I think you're right. I yeah. just, I remember that there was somebody that had one that went on pretty deep and there was a few of them that kinda started to get interesting, but then um, you know, how it usually goes is that it peters out uh, near the end. So, right. Uh, so we're going to move on now to the mock draft that we have for the first, at least, like, I think, I think I've got 20 picks on here uh, that were the mock draft. Now, this is the one from Todd McShay. I didn't have a more recent one from Mel Kuyper, who is kind of the, in some ways, considered the guru, if you will. Um, so I don't know what his idea is. I know that some of the players uh, like with Denver, I'm almost certain that they actually have the same, same pick, but JP, I'm hoping that you as our resident college football expert can kind of give us a good grade on these players. And if you think they'll be successful and a good pick. So for Arizona, they have with a number one pick, Nick Bosa, a defensive end, Ohio state. First question is that Jeremy Bosa's brother? Yes, it is. Okay. Is he, is he, is he legit? Is he worth a number one pick? Um, injured early in the season, decided to take the year off from Ohio state. I'm a little leery of his injury proneness because he has been injured in his career in college. So. 
Okay. And do you think he fits well in the Arizona system? Uh, that's a really good question. Um, he is just as good as his brother when he's at 100%. Um, anything in Arizona is better than what they have. I mean, let's just be honest. That's one of the worst teams in football. Yeah, that's a pretty. All right, so we move to San Francisco with the number two pick, and they're predicting Josh Allen, outside linebacker from Kentucky. Stud. Shut down Penn State in the bowl game. Stud of a guy. Is he related to anybody famous? Uh, Not that I know of. Okay. I just know that we've gotten so many uh, brothers of people that come out in the last few years. It's it's kind of been crazy, mm-hmm. like you know. Uh, so the third pick, uh, I, I, with the with the Niners, I think it's a good pick. I I think their defense is definitely what needs to be addressed more than their offense, because I think like their offense with Garoppolo was able to move the ball. So uh, I like hearing that you're saying that he's a shutdown type of player, a kind of revolutionary. Oh, he, he, completely, he completely shut down Penn State in the bowl game. He is ready to play now. Excellent. So that that will really help. Plus, the Niners have had some jettisons in the last three or four years on defense that decided to retire, and I think linebacker was a couple of those. So definitely mm-hmm. need need to restock that position. Number three on the list is the New York Jets. So they're taking Rashawn Gary, or they're predicting Rashawn Gary, defensive end, Michigan. I haven't even heard of this guy, but I'm sure you know him. He is a five-star recruit that went to Michigan, and he can absolutely flat-out fly at that defensive end position. In fact, he was the main reason Michigan was as good as they were this year. Does it surprise you at all, considering that the Jets were pretty good along the defensive line last year? And I know they had one guy that was a stud. I can't remember. I want to say Abrams or something like that, but I, I don't remember who it was. But they had someone on that defensive line who was really dominating last year and was the reason that they kind of well, were... they have Jamal Adams, who's that safety, who's a, uh, a rookie. No, I was thinking about somebody that blitzed the quarterback. Yeah, they do have a good lineman. I can't remember his name. I know the Vikings got Sheldon Richardson, who played there a couple of years ago from, from them. He was always good. He was good this year, yeah. Um Boy, they do. I can't remember the guy's name either. I'll look it yeah. up. I'll look it up. Uh, number four, and here's the crazy thing is that I, you know, and not getting like the last 10 or 12 picks on here, uh, Oakland has three first-round picks, and so they could really remake that team just a year away from going to Las Vegas, and I haven't heard if they've even figured out what the heck's going on, where they're going to play next year, because I don't think the Coliseum is going to let them do it, so, and I don't think I don't know if Candlestick even exists anymore or if he can do it there. So I don't know where they're going to play. But uh, for Oakland, they are predicting Quinnen Williams, defensive tackle, Alabama Tide. JP? Can't go wrong with an Alabama player. (laughs) You know, do you hear the, the quote from Bill Belichick? He said that he feels Clemson players are more NFL ready than any other program. Um, Clemson put a, let's see, about 300 million, or about, no, actually more than that. They, they put a lot of money into their facilities, and um, they have the top-notch facilities right now in all of college football. Alabama took one step backwards because of what Clemson did, and Davo Sweeney. I mean, they have a slide that takes you down instead of walking downstairs. 
They actually have a slide. <laughs> that sounds like fun. I'm not sure if it's good for training, but hey, <laughs> as, long as, uh, as long as you're in a good time, that always helps. So we're going to have back-to-back. And you got to remember, people are pulling – Dabo Sweeney's pulling players from Alabama out of Alabama over Nick Saban right now. Wow. Well, I guess that just goes to show you why Clemson's been uh, in so many bowl games or championships Le- of late. Leonard Williams? Maybe that was it. That sounds familiar. Yeah, I think I just know that there was a there was a streak of weeks where he was wreaking some real havoc back there. So, but uh, the, we're gonna go back to back Alabama Tide predictions. We've got Tampa Bay next. Boy, Tampa Bay fell that was that bad of a year. Uh, Jonah Williams, offensive tackle. I I mean, considering the, the run and pass game out that Alabama's had the last few years, I'm guessing their tackles top notch. Yeah. Well, the tackle's top-notch. I'm not sure what, sure what uh, Tampa Bay needs right now. I mean, you, 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 you've got the kid there at quarterback, um, Crab Leg Joe there, and uh, Tampa needs so much on offense and defense that I'm not sure if this is actually a really good pick for him or a really bad pick for him because they need a playmaker. Well, I don't, I don't know. They have, they have playmakers. I think they have. But they're they're not got Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson both had great years, and at running Deshaun won out. Well, oh, they, already they went with uh, Barber this year. Which, oh, that's right. Yeah. They should have gone with the rookie, and they didn't let that rookie hardly play at all. Ronald Jones or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and he like mm-hmm. never played. What a bust he and was. And they always had quiz every time the guy plays. Jaquiz. he runs for a hundred yards. I don't understand why they never play him. <sighs> Yeah, I, I, I don't quite get Tampa Bay right now. No, but I do. I do think that the line is a good place for them to start. I mean, you know, uh, transcendent tackle is so important. You know, there just isn't very many good ones, guys. And you uh, look at the difference that Quentin Richardson made. I know he's a guard, yeah. But you saw the difference he made in Indianapolis. Suddenly, Absolutely. Andrew Luck was standing upright. Or the kid in San Francisco that came out of Notre Dame, McGlinchey. He's a good player. They both yep. got in there, didn't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, they did. So, I mean, yeah, wow. The line there. Yeah, you know, wow. Goes that's to show right. you they how... did both play. It. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, well, there's an ode to your uh, your buddy Chotsky, Chotsky. Uh, what's the guy that always calls in and harasses us? <laughs> oh, harasses us. Well, he hasn't called in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> the guy from at his own show? The guy out in New Jersey? No, JP's buddy. Oh, oh, the one that didn't like my joke. Oh, Howie. <laughs> He's a Notre Dame guy. I know he is. That's and, why uh, I was saying. They, He's they, probably, that's... they sure had a nice year until the playoffs. Uh, yep. Next to the pick, now this was not a surprise, I guess, in terms of position, the New York Giants taking Dwayne Haskins, a QB out of Ohio State. Ohio State had a nice little year, even with all the flubbub around, uh, around uh, Urban Meyer. JP, is this the first quarterback you would take? Um, I'm not going to say it's the first quarterback I would take, but it's a perfect fit for the Giants. The guy's six foot four, about two forty, and has a cannon for a gun or uh, for an arm. And uh, it, it, <laughs> there's no one else that you can actually put there, I think, because if you look down to Kyler Murray, he's only five eight. The Giants need that big threat of a quarterback and that's the only person on the board right now yeah i mean especially with the with the guy from oregon pulling back you know it's just really yep. limiting the options at qb 
uh, which and the linemen little... are even bigger in the NFL than they are in college. Right, all of our six freaking four or whatever. Yeah, so they start at six. Yeah, the five. tackles are six, 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 seven, six, eight. I mean, it must, it must be a weird dude. Imagine walking around my apartment if you were six eight. You would almost be scraping the seat. Whoa, it'd be like Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit, where all the, oh, when Gandalf comes yeah, in. Yeah, or like all the the dwarfs come into the hobbits. So. Right. Yeah, it's just crazy, man. Uh, I'm just I'm so jealous of people who are tall. Uh, Jacksonville is the next on the list. Jeffrey Simmons, defensive tackle, Mississippi State. I don't know this guy at all. JP, help us out. Um, could be a stretch for them. He's a really good player. I'm not sure if he's the fit at this pick, but he's good. Don't get me don't get me wrong. He's a good player. I think it might be a stretch. I'm thinking that Kyler Murray might be a good uh, pickup right there. Yeah, because if they don't keep Bortles. Or Joe Flacco. Yeah. I tell you what, Bortles. Well, there's a lot of talk about Nick Foles. I mean, the Eagles just paid him 20. He's paying two mil back, and they're going to release him. But how many teams – okay, sorry to take you off this for just a minute. How many teams are looking for a quarterback right now in the NFL? There isn't that many, really, that are going to pay $20 million a year and need a quarterback. I think the Broncos, the Giants, the Broncos, the Redskins probably the, the Redskins and Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Those are the four that come to mind for me. I can't think of really any yep. others. I guess if you're Cincinnati, they got a new coach, you could go in a different oh, Miami. direction. Oh, Miami. Yep, yep, yep. Um Tannehill's out. But yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the other places you're talking about, they've got their future quarterback in the last 2 years. Or they think they do. You well, who they're going to run with. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I did hear a rumor about Arizona taking a quarterback, trading back, and trading away. Who's it, what's the name of their guy? Josh uh, Rosen? Mm-hmm. So Charlie they might. Rosen. Yeah, they're talking about possibly trading him away. What? And they were like, how could you do that after one season? But I guess they weren't real happy with what they saw. But well, then if they're not, they're not going to get any value for him, that would be silly. Right. right. That would be silly. So, um, just dumb. Hey, dumb things happen all the time in yeah. the NFL. <laughs> yeah, that would just be dumb. Um, I don't know much about that guy either, but I just think that that might you might see a wild card there with Jacksonville with the quarterback yeah. situation if if it hasn't been resolved uh, in free agency. And I mean, how and it, it might be that Jacksonville was like our identity has been defense, and we we just went to tatters last year. We just need one player to kind of tie it back together. Uh, I don't know. I heard a crazy stat actually the other day, more about Blake Bortles, but he's the only uh, quarterback drafted since 2008 to have a winning playoff record. Really? Yeah. You're exactly right. Oh, that's right. That went through a whole bunch of guys, and he was the only one. Uh, Most of them were 500. And a lot of it's due to that wild card season they went through and yeah. almost made the Super Bowl because that gives you, you know, anytime you have a season where you go three in a row or whatever. Cause... I would have thought Cam Newton had a winning record in the playoffs, but he oh, must yeah. be 500. So, but I don't know when he was drafted. Maybe he was drafted 2007. He hasn't been around that long. He was drafted the same year as Von Miller. Yeah, then 2011, 10. Yeah. Yeah, around that time. Something so, like yeah, that. so not that far back. So. Hmm. Um, Detroit's next on the list. Greedy Williams, love the name, cornerback LSU. Stud. We think JP. Stud. Shut down corner. 
shutdown corner and an all namer. Yep. I I think uh I could see Denver trying to trade up here, guys. That's what they need so bad. They're going to need a cornerback cuz I think they're going to commit to Bradley Roby, so. And boy, what a surprise. Great point. Nate. Great point. How much Roby did not produce. Yeah. After some really good years. I mean, they're only so it's only two spots for them to have to move up. You know, they probably would only have to give up a third a rounder. Oh no, you're right. I'm sorry. You're sorry. I'm sorry. Two. Yeah, yeah, two. So I think you know maybe around a third rounder would get them up there. Yeah, you know, might be maybe worth it. a second rounder, but I think a third would do it because they're picking high enough. So a third rounder, the tenth pick in the third round, that's a pretty valuable pick. Yeah. You know, I think they could move up with that. If they wanted to, because there have been some rumors about the Broncos wanting to take Kyler Murray. Well, and that was you, yeah, but, you stole my thunder. That was going to be my uh, next comment. So. I, I would prefer that they, they go with a quarterback, though. I, I quarterback, you know what? There's there's no guarantees here. I mean, I think he'd be exciting, but I don't like it whenever I hear Joel Klatt not be excited about a guy. I get worried because Joel seems to really understand the fundamentals of what makes a good quarterback as opposed What's to a good Klatt's thrower. Concern with Murray. Part of it was that well, was a, I, I, I'm going to tell you right now, he's five foot eight, one eighty five. No, I, I know yeah. that. I know that. But what did Klatt say? Like, what is he's no, Klatt is always on accuracy and timing. And he didn't feel like Kyler Murray has that. Hmm. So if you don't have the accuracy, it's like, it doesn't matter when you get the ball there, if it's not on target. And, what do you think about that, JP? Um, I think he's capable of it. I just I worry about that size issue because I mean we all know what a beast the offensive line is in the NFL. I think he's going to have problems seeing. I mean we look at a five foot nine quarterback and we have you know um, you know, uh, I'm sorry Baker Mayfield who did wonderful things this year, great things this year, but this guy's even smaller, but he has Quite. so upside, you know, to him that it's it's do you, do you roll the dice? I mean, that's the big thing. Do you roll the dice on the kid at at that pick? Yeah, I mean, he's four inches shorter than Baker Mayfield. And, you know, you know yeah, he did talk about <laughs> Baker Mayfield a little bit, Klatt did. And he said that was his favorite going you know, into the draft last year. And he said it was the same thing. It was accuracy and timing. He said it was really he, good. He's got it, yeah. And, 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 and that's what translates to the NFL is if you're accurate and you throw it on time. Mm-hmm. And it makes all the sense in the world, right? Your windows are tiny in the NFL. Yeah. And you have to be able to throw the ball to a spot. Like we talked about that before. A lot of times they're throwing to a spot, not to the receiver, to a spot on the field. And that's why sometimes you see the quarterback get angry when the guy runs the wrong direction. He's like, Hey, you didn't run the right route where you should have gone for that ball. Yep. And uh, makes a big difference. Next on the list is Buffalo at number nine, Jawan Taylor, offensive tackle, Florida, another OT. Is this one as good as the other one, JP? Um, Kind of interchangeable. They're both great tackles. So you know, it's it, it's a great pick for uh, it's a great pick at that at that point for Buffalo because they need some offensive line help. They just need talent. <laughs> I, I think for Buffalo, it's a great idea to go at the offensive line. You've got your quarterback of the future. At least you hope you do. Build your core. Yeah. Yep. I mean, Josh Allen is probably the least the least optimistic of the quarterbacks in the first round. Maybe the guy from Arizona might be the second one. Uh, the other guys all look like they're pretty – like they've got the talent. You know, I mean, they may have different uh, levels of time to get good, but they all, they, they've all got what it takes. But you got to wonder about the other guy in uh, both of the Joshes, I guess, right? So, uh, And Josh Allen has not been very accurate. 
So that could be his undoing. If he he can't also get that on. doesn't have anybody to throw to. So. Right, right. And right. give him an offensive the other line. Thing is, is Josh Allen has a lot of rushing yards right now. Uh, if you look at his fantasy points last year, he was actually up there with rookie quarterbacks. Yeah, he had, yeah, he had like 650 rushing yards. And I, yeah. I, I had both him and, uh, and uh, Lamar Jackson on one of my teams, and they both were very nice down the stretch. Yep. So big hope for next year. Uh, you know, even if he can't be a great quarterback, maybe he'd be a great fantasy quarterback and, and we'll forgive you. They seem to be both of them. So you know, rushing, yeah. rushing touchdowns and rushing yards always help. So yep, uh, touchdowns too. Yeah. when we get to the hometown team, the Denver Broncos, now they've got DeAndre Baker, cornerback, Georgia. How much of a step down is he from Greedy Williams? Um, not really a step down. I think Greedy Williams has more of the physical aspect of the game where DeAndre is a really cover quarterback. Um, Greedy can physically dominate you. I got you. I, you know that's what? A good, that's actually a good analysis, yeah. So yeah, based, yeah. Uh, assuming that um, Chris Williams um, – what's the guy for the Broncos? Uh, Chris Williams? Uh, no, I feel like that's not right. Chris Harris? Harris, thank you. Chris yeah. Harris Jr. Oh. He, based on what he is, assuming he comes back healthy, which, you know, we'll see if he recovers from the injury. Assuming he does come back, he is more of a cover corner, right? So they would probably want more of an off, more of a strong, dominating type of Tlaib quarter, cornerback, yeah? Mm-hmm. I would imagine so, and, yeah. And Nate, Nate, you made a great point. I see Denver trading up to get greedy. So I yeah I think that we're you know that'd be a nice thing to see so we'll see what happens but yeah I think that would I think that would help they it's need their to, next champ Bailey they need yeah they need to they need to lock that position yeah. back down and get back to a no fly zone back there I mean they're they're missing three quarters of the of the old no fly zone yeah so. I'll go on record right now I don't watch a lot of college football but I've seen this kid play a couple of games and I mean he looks to be the real like the next Revis to me you know he looks like the real deal mm-hmm. so. If I had to pick anybody in the first 10 picks outside of uh, Bosa and uh, Williams there, the tackle Williams, the offensive tackle, I would say he's the safest, safest pick. Sure be nice that Broncos could get Bosa, add that to put that on the side of. uh, I don't know, man. I just, now that I look at it, I don't know if Greedy makes it past Oakland. Yeah. Could see that. And that's a good point. <laughs> I mean, Oakland yeah. was dangling Carr out there. They've got to have a plan for quarterback at some point here, don't they? Or are they going to run him another no, year? I mean, you can look at it, I think, from a couple of different perspectives. You know, I mean, look, if there's – you can go out and get a Joe Flacco. You can go out and get a Nick Foles, a Ryan Tannehill. Um, okay. Yeah. There's some guys the out there though? that you can take a shot at it. Probably a case Keenum is going to be available. Uh, you know, we'll see, there's going to be some guys available, yeah. but if they don't go that route, which I don't see why they would, because they're trying to go young. Right. So then you look at the draft, you know, and so Oakland, I just, the draft this year, isn't that deep at quarterback. Right. So, One of the worst. But, I don't think it's but worth super the, deep on defense. Right? Yeah, I just don't think it's worth the risk to try to take a quarterback in the first round this year. And in my opinion, I no, don't. Think, none of the quarterbacks stand out. Nate, you're 100 percent right. I have not sold on any quarterback in the first round this year, unlike yeah, last I, year. 
Haskins is kind of like a uh, Jamarcus Russell almost, you know, that's what worries yeah. me. You know, like he's a big kid and he can freaking he's got a cannon, you know, but I just don't know if he's got the skill. You know, I think million Kyle, dollar arm two cent head or the, is it the one guy is that's a wild card is Kyler Murray. Yeah. I think he's a wild card. He could be a, a, a worth a first round pick. But none of the rest of them look to me. I mean, like maybe he right be, maybe he becomes a, a a Deshaun Watson, you know. So then he then could. he's a steal, you know. Yeah, we'll he could if he, if if somebody's able to get creative and get him outside the pocket, and you know, let him make plays with his feet and you know, throwing on the run, you know, then yeah, I think he can have some success. But man, a pocket passer of that size, surrounded by guys that are a foot taller, they're going to be a foot taller than him, right? I just don't – boy, it's going to be tough. Flutie so, did it, and so guys, I don't know. Eventually. Remember, Haskins only has one year starting at Ohio State. That always, that always is a danger. Yeah, I think he's a project. You know, I think in the right hands, he could probably be a pretty good player. I think Bill Belichick, you know, were to draft a guy like him, he could probably be a very good player. But you want those picks – those development picks, not to be your early first rounder, you know, that, well, I that know. Always scares me. Yeah. Right. That. So now well, it's a reach and that's what people do with quarterbacks because it's so important. Oh my gosh. I mean, how many, in the last like five years, you've seen quarterbacks shoot up the boards as, as you get closer to the draft day. So it's just the most important position in sports guys. Changes we your team. That. Yeah. Changes your team. We all know that. Um, in the interest of time and other stuff that we need to cover today, I'm just going to read down the rest of the list and we, we don't need to discuss them, but sure. uh, next is Cincinnati taking Cody Ford an Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma offensive tackle. Green Bay taking Devin White, inside linebacker from LSU. That's a couple of LSU players, huh? Um, Tyler Murray into Miami. So then that's them not needing to uh, pick up a free agent. Atlanta taking Ed Oliver, defensive tackle from that Houston. Guy's, that guy's a stud, too. So we're getting a nice late I, pick there I for think, Atlanta. I don't think he goes past 10. Yeah, he probably does. You're right. Yeah. Then always weird when that stuff changes. Well, uh, Ed Oliver dropped down the list just because of his off-the-field antics at the end of the season this year. Yeah, got it. Yep. Those almost seem to be good players to target. But boy, they sure seem like they're good players usually. That stuff will be forgotten about by the time the draft rolls around. He'll be back right. Right yeah. on the top. Because you got to remember, he was the top-five player for the Heisman all year. He is a top-five player. I think Tampa Bay would oh, be yeah. idiots not to, to take him. Uh-huh. Especially, take him. especially if uh, – uh, Gary's already gone. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, after Miami or after Atlanta comes Washington taking Marquise Brown, Oklahoma wide receiver, Carolina taking Clellan Farrell, defensive end Clemson. Right after that, another Clemson player, Cleveland taking Christian Wilkins at defensive end. So both of the defensive ends from Cleveland or from Clemson coming out back to back. Minnesota, your boys, taking Montez Sweat, defensive end of Mississippi State. Tennessee taking Montez Sweat. You think he's going to be good? He's going to be a stud. He's going to be great for your uh, Vikings. All right, there you go. If they actually do pick him. Yeah. Tennessee going to take TJ Nockinson, tight end of Iowa. No, there's no N in there. Oh, Cockinson. There you go. <laughs> there it is. The big guy. And then uh, Pittsburgh taking Devin Bush, linebacker, Michigan. Wow. So a cock followed by a bush. 
Oh, nice. <laughs> so, you know what? You look at this, and, and like I said, I've got the, right before that. Wow. I've got the first draft in my uh, my dynasty league, and you know, so I can take the best rookie player available. <laughs> Christian, right before that. <laughs> but there are not you got a very many. So, JP, who's going to be the best running back to come out this year? Oh, good Lord. Oh, man. Best running back to come out. I'll tell you what. Alabama has three running backs that can come out, and they're all going to be great. I mean, they were a three-headed monster down there. Um, Good. I I can't go past an Alabama running back. Is the LSU kid going back to school? You know, that's a really good question. I think he might be. I'm not sure if he's going to come out this year. Is it Etienne? Is that how you pronounce it? Uh, uh, yes, at the end. Okay. I just remember watching him. Boy, he can play. He can really play. I mean, LSU was stacked this year, and it's unfortunate the way the season went down where they kind of got shut down of the whole um, SEC championship with um, Georgia and Alabama. Because uh, I, I, LSU had a great year. I mean, make no mistake about it. They just really lack quarterback play because they had the transfer from Ohio State come down that never really produced, but they had they were stacked everywhere else on the ball. Yeah. So do you think they'll be good next year? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You can. I'll, I'll tell you right now when the preseason top ten come out, they'll be top five. So JP, in your opinion. Who is the best pure offensive player coming out this year? Who should I take in my Dan- my dynasty draft? In your offensive offensive player. Yeah, we don't you have know, it's, like yeah, a wide oh, receiver yeah. or a running back or. Well, a I tell you what, you know, there's a kid on Ole Miss as a wide receiver. Um, his last name, I believe, is Brown. You might want to give that kid a look because. He set right. some records this year, and I watched him actually light up LSU in the first quarter, except his quarterback just couldn't get on the ball anymore after that. Um, they went right down, and they, they, I think they scored right on LSU. Marquise Brown, right? Isn't okay. that who you're talking about? Uh, no, that's Oklahoma. I'm talking about the kid out of Ole Miss. Oh, Ole I'm Miss. sorry. Ole Miss. Okay. okay, I thought you said Yeah, there, there's, there's two receivers on Ole Miss that are going to come out, and they're both really good. They just didn't have a good quarterback throwing on the ball. Well, I don't understand why In you fact, wouldn't. They put up huge numbers. Jay Hawkinson. <laughs> I mean, that would be I do need a tight end. You gotta have yeah, a Hawkinson. Yeah, uh, tight end. Have have a a I'm sure he has a tight end. Is Hawkinson is the? Uh, <laughs> is, is, he is he is he good? Oh yeah, uh, Iowa tight ends are always legit. The, um, Kirk Francis and uh, the coach there does a great job with his offense and it's a great job with his tight ends because they're not, they're known for running backs and tight ends, not really wide receivers. And the tight end is a focus on his offense. Boy, cock okay, in know. sun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, we got a sweat of cock and sun in the bush. And a Christian. And then right before that, a brown. <laughs> Man, do we have a story here somewhere? I mean, what the hell's going on? Here? Uh, alrighty, so uh, I know we've got a Devin White, so we've got a bleached asshole. So you know, all right. Oh. <laughs> so moving on to uh, we got to throw an Auburn So we've only got about twenty minutes. Want to make sure we do cover the position. This is one of the smaller positions, so it's a little bit easier now. 
again, when I, like I was telling the listeners out there this year, I am not going to do research. It has just hurt me and caused me to draft poorly. So I'm just going to try going into a draft, just going with what I actually know about players and uh, seeing so if it goes. I don't know what else to. I don't know. What else to, I mean, I can't. I literally can't draft worse than I've been drafting. I either draft great players in the beginning or great players at the end, and the rest of them are terrible. And 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 also, I either draft good hitters or good pitchers, but never both. I haven't done it for almost. It's been almost. I think I'm thinking about seven years now since I had a team that was legitimately good. I made the playoffs. I think twice, but not. They weren't threatening teams. So. See if it works. Hey, uh, guy, I, I played my first year of fantasy baseball last year, and I won my championship. The guy that won our, our league last year is the second title, and he has never, ever come to a draft with, like, anything but, like, a, just a printed-out list from ESPN, and he just kind of goes with who he knows, and it, it works out really well. So I think that I overthink it. So I'm going to just see what happens. I could have a disaster of a team again, but, you know, at least now I can blame it on uh, CBS's uh, – or yeah, well, CBS will be the the is the site, so it'll be kind of more their list, you know. And I actually found out last year you can change the your the list of thing in, on your thing you based on certain person, and so I can there is a guy that I agree with a lot more than the others. So, cool. so number one and JP, I'm sure you're happy about this, unless you haven't heard the Phillies picked up JT Realmuto, so a very yes, good we did. Was fantastic the last two or three years. He is now going to be playing for an actual offense instead of playing in Miami. And that should be nothing but a boom for him back on the days when he was batting in front of uh, or in the same lineup as Giancarlo Stanton. So, and he might even have Bryce Harper behind him, who knows, or Manny Machado. Uh, number one pick, I totally agree with that. Uh, how do you guys feel? I mean, is there any, any, any disagreement on that? I don't think you have any disagreement from us. There might be some disagreement from others. I've heard Gary Chan, uh, Sanchez floated out as a number one. Um, you know, Buster Posey, he's mm-hmm. always up there. I know he's getting older, but uh, those two names are, I guess, are really the only two that kind of come to mind that might be able to compete with a real Muto. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I don't. I can't think of much. Um, yeah, we got to figure out what in the world that that clicking is because that is loud. I hope it's not on the recording. <laughs> we'll find out when I listen to the show later. Um, Yasmani Grandal is number two, and now he went to Milwaukee. He's not a Dodger anymore. Um, I know that Milwaukee's got some hitters there, but number two is that just how bad the position has gotten? I, I just don't understand. I mean, I know he did well last year for Anderson, but. Uh, he's not. I mean, the uh, guy is not an offensive player. I don't have him number two on my list. I have him number six. Yeah. What do you got going on in the background there, JP? Um, absolutely nothing, actually. I'm just sitting here by my computer. What is that noise? Uh-huh. Well, that's just weird. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, number three, they've got Gary Sanchez, which I agree with. You know what you were saying, Nate. That could be. He could easily be the best catcher. He's got some pop, pop to him. And he's in a good lineup. Yeah. God, great lineup. Jeez. Mm-hmm. And if they get another good player in there. Which it be, looks like they probably will. So Yeah, I mean, uh, they're probably going to pick up. I, I still couldn't. I think Harper. See Harper going there. Yeah, I think Harper. I don't think they're going to get Machado. I think Machado ends up with the White Sox. I really do. I do, too. I think, I think, I think he did not realize what it, what it did to him saying, I don't have to hustle all the time. That really pisses fans off, man, and people don't want to bring And in. teammates. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I will say, I, just, I was chatting with my, uh, with my dad earlier this week, and 
there have been rumors about Bryce Harper going to the uh, San Francisco uh, Giants because just the Padres are the Giants, right? Because no one else is wants to pay him. So um, I could see, I guess, him going to San Francisco if the money was enough. But, boy, San Francisco's in a rebuild, man. They are losing players left and right and jettisoning talent. I just – that would surprise me. It wouldn't be a good fit at all for Bryce Harper other than the money. Right. And for the Giants, it would be give us someone that put people in the seats. Yeah. Uh, my dad said the last year, there's a lot of games where there yeah. was not much. Yeah, definitely would put butts in the seats, you know, and, uh, you know, it would, he would enable him to be the man, you know, he Absolutely. could be, he could be the go-to guy on that team and be in the spotlight and live in a cool city. Yeah. And, uh, cool city. and you know, I think, uh, I don't, think it's that far-fetched actually i think in fact i wouldn't be surprised if they signed is it enough of a party town don't you think that he's i mean he's not married right so oh yeah (laughs) i don't think there's too many party towns bigger other than maybe new york and la okay i just i I don't i don't get that impression with san francisco being a traditional party place Mm. but boy i tell you what if you like asians that's a good city to go to so uh going next good chinese food last night Mm. From who? Where? The Empress. Oh, yeah. sounds hot. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. What'd you get? Good. I got uh, some shrimp egg rolls. Okay. The, they were actually rolls? like full, huge shrimp wrapped up inside this wonton. And is it like paper you can see through? No. No. Okay. No, they're fried. Oh, they were fried. Yeah, Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, there's like uh, you know cabbage and carrots and crap in there too. Sure. It was they were delicious. Was the crap tasty or? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Loved little, it. Little, little shit. Little shit. Loved kicker. it, man. Nice. Loved it. And then I had some you know the classic sesame chicken, of course. <laughs> right. Yeah. We always get ses- Everybody gets sesame chicken, man. It's just it's just old standby. Bag, you know. I sure Case do like it. Is cat? It tastes better that way. Absolutely. <laughs> what was that stuff I got the last time we got Chinese at work? Uh, it was actually really good. It was rice noodles. I'm uh, not rice noodles. It was, was it rice noodles? What was that thing yeah. called? Egg noodles. Were they egg noodles? Or no, no, no. They were the tiny noodles. Uh, oh, the egg, there are tiny egg noodles too. Oh, I thought egg noodles were wide. Typically they are. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll have to look it up. I can't remember what it was, but it was, it was tasty. Yeah, it was good. So next on the list is Wilson Contreras with the Cubs. I don't, I couldn't argue with that. He's been very good. Very consistent. In fact, he's a really nice first, second-tier option to me. And uh, I'd be happy with him on my team. I got him number two on my list. Do you? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Having a a big year. I think this is his breakout season. You can see it. He's, you know, I think he's right about that age, 25, 26. And he did have that one year he came up, and he had a great rookie season or or last quarter of a season, whatever it was. He's never quite made that height again. He's a super streaky player. So, like, when he does get hot, boy, he can be really hot. But then on the flip side, he uh, has a real tough time making contact when he's cold. And I feel like in fantasy baseball, that's not as big a deal as it is in fantasy football. Yeah. You can weather those to have the good week. You can, uh, especially at catcher. I think that's the one position. Um, I don't know. Everybody kind of, most of the experts will tell you that because a position is so thin like that, that you just wait, Mm -hmm. you know, but to me, I kind of like the other approach because I think it gives you an advantage. Dominate right. at those positions. Absolutely, you have the if you have the number one catcher in fantasy baseball, 
I, I would be really interested to look back at the last 10 seasons mm-hmm. in our fantasy league and to see whoever had the number one offensive catcher on their team, how they did. If they yeah, made the playoffs you, We can or certainly not. look. We can certainly look at that. I think that would be a fun thing for us to look at. I will at say this. Captain Chavez, who is, is a perennial threat to win the title, uh, especially this year because it's going to be an off year. He always He never, it. ever – he doesn't usually take a catcher mm-hmm. in the draft. He waits all the way until like two days before the season starts and then just starts streaming guys. Yeah. So, you know, but then yeah. again, I, I don't have the luck streaming that he does. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know suggest that route. But, yes, it could be a great player. But, yeah, I, I like that opposite approach. I think you take a guy that's, you know, like a real Muto who's going, you know, he can go on some 20, 25-point runs where he does it for five to eight weeks in a row. That's a huge advantage. I loved having him those years before he got – before he was popular. Yeah. You know, it's always kind of a shame it's when a guy that the, was good becomes popular. The problem with, with taking a guy like that is you're going to have to take him before you – before you want to, mm-hmm. at least for, for me, like at, you know, you're going to have to take a catcher like that probably in the fifth or sixth round, if not even a little earlier. earlier. Yeah. Earlier. I you think. know, and man, there are still some really, really good young hitters well, when you, when out you, there at four, man, when you have a 12, when you have a 12 man league, when you get to the start of like round four, it's kind of staggering, like humbling when you look at it, you're know, like, whoa, the talent has fallen that far. And none of these aren't good players. I think that was last year. I think last year. You was think it'll be a little thicker this year? Yes. Okay. I do. I hope I so. Think it's that makes deeper, it nicer. At least hitters. I haven't really got into the pitching yet. I I'm not real sure where we're at with that. But I but yeah, last year was definitely a down year for hitting. Definitely. And I mean, I'm thinking this has nothing to do with catchers, but I think this is the first year we see Kershaw fall, fall out of the first round. Yeah. yeah, it's funny because didn't we have a bunch of home runs last year, or was that the year before? Yeah, I think we broke the record. Yeah, so that's so bizarre that that doesn't really correspond to fantasy, and I think a lot of it is the strikeout. Right, you it's know? all boomer bust. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of strikeouts. So, but we anyway. also did, we also didn't have the high end home run guys. They didn't. We didn't have the sixty, there was no, 60 homer guys. But there was nobody in the fifties, right? Who was no, the I think forty. Only was a the, couple. I think 40. forty was the won the title. Yeah, in the NL. J.D. Martinez had 40, right? Three, 43, 43, I think. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. And then I think in the A and the NL, it was somebody. It was like That's a surprise crazy, guy. isn't it? So yeah. the top, so a home run season that sets the record, but nobody's over 45. Because so many teams had everyone in the raw in the lineup had at least at least 10. Wow. And that that's what's changed. That's kind of the launch angle has changed. Yeah, that's so huh. next on the list, uh, we're down to about 10 minutes here. Buster Posey has fallen. Oh, the the knees have caught up with him. The injury, the age, yeah. uh, playing for a, a team that has nobody else on it. Whatever it is, he could he would get a big boost from having a Bryce Harper hitting behind him, I think. Uh, uh, yeah, huge boost. Well, I'm just saying, assuming that he hits it all. Uh, but Posey, boy, that's is now this could be his last year, even eligibility at catcher, possibly maybe next year too. But I don't know how much he played first base this year, the past season. Oh, at least half the time. It, it's transitioning. He's gonna, you know. Yeah. I think in our league, you have to have 30 games played the year before to qualify. So you're going to get at least one more. He definitely qualifies at first and catcher. And I I think you'll have one. I think he'll qualify at catcher next year in your fantasy draft. But maybe Maybe. that may be the last time. Yep. Uh, Moving on from him, Salvador Perez, Kansas City. This guy just never gets the appreciation for his production. He is always around there. He's always 
doing something. He may not be great, but he's always putting some points on the board. And until last year, he has always been very healthy. That's yeah. one thing yeah. that you can always count on Perez to give you 150 games, you know. Um, I had Buster Posey third on my list because I don't think he falls that far. I think he's still got some gas in the tank. <laughs> uh, and I have Salvador fifth. So I think they're pretty accurate there. Um, I think this might be a pretty good year for him because he's kind of going to be the feature guy in that offense. So Yeah, well, they've lost a lot of players, man. That's, yeah. Kansas City's going to be near the bottom. Yeah. They're going to have a Cam. I mean, they they were last year too, but yeah, it's, I mean, a, it's him it's and Whit Merrifield. I mean, really, they don't have much else. And Whit Merrifield is such a crazy player. I actually got him the year he got that one year when he like kind of busted out, Two years and, ago. and it was really fun to yeah. have him. But it's amazing the guy hits no homers. He doesn't hit any home runs. He doesn't hit any RBIs. But he steals. But he gets on base and he gets steals. And that's hard yeah. to be a productive player that way. Juan Pierre was one of the few that did it well. Um, that guy Kenny that Lofton. Who is the guy? Well, yeah. Uh, who was the guy that uh, played for the Reds and got traded? Um, you got you loved him, Billy oh, Hamilton. Billy Hamilton. Yeah. He, uh, boy, last year he did not do well. Oh, he was terrible. And it just goes to show you, if he doesn't get on base, he can't steal. Yeah, I don't even know if he got to forty steals. No, he had a bad offensive year. Yeah. So he needs to be on a good team yeah. where he can try and work walks, and then because if he gets on base, he can always steal a bag. He's so fast. Yeah. But you know, it just it only works if you get on base. Absolutely. So, um. I'm actually surprised this guy fell this far. So next on the list is Yadier Molina from St. Louis. He's been a consistently good player, but I guess he doesn't have the panache, the flash of these other guys. I still don't understand why we guess Monte Grandal was number two. Uh, he should be about, I think he should be in this spot instead and move everybody else up a spot maybe. But uh, you, 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 I, I don't see any problem with him next year. Do you? Yeah. yeah I mean, he's older. Yeah. So, but he does the same thing. It's not like he's this big power hitter, you know. Huh. He usually bats between 280 and 305, and uh, he'll knock in a few runs, you know, probably 70 to 80 runs. For a team that always scores well. He'll probably steal three bags, you know. To, he's still got some legs about him. I think he's a um, nice player to pick up later. Yeah. You yeah. Know, and along... he, typically, he's pretty durable as well. He got hurt last year. Right. So, uh, he's a I always you know, like those players that got hurt and they're coming back because a, people get – long memory yeah. and they shouldn't. But he's a good solid veteran presence and that team is gonna be good again this year. Uh, yeah as much well, as they almost, to say it. They almost made the playoffs last year. So yeah, they'll be good again this year. So um the next player on my list on this list is this is kind of where I have my cutoff line where I don't really want to go below this if, if I'm drafting Wilson Ramos at the Mets. And this guy's not entirely reliable but he's he definitely serviceable. You may need to uh, what's it called? Not carousel him, but uh, uh, stream, I guess. Yeah, you already used another the guy. Stream. So yeah, get a second guy to put in there when he's cold. Yeah, right, and hurt because he's gonna get hurt. He always gets hurt, um, and he's kind of getting older as well. I mean, look, the guy, you know, if he were to stay healthy and play all season, he's a possible twenty-five home, you know, home run guy. Yeah, you know. But and eighty ribbies. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But uh I just you know, I've got him kind of as my last sort of catcher, you know, really on my list. Yeah. I've this got you a little scared. I've got two or three more guys, but I mean really you're starting to get pretty thin at this point. That's so. where you're you're hoping more than than determining. Yeah. So I mean if you're not picking a catcher in the top seven, I think you do just boot you yeah. boot it from there. Because, I mean, for me, 
and I'm, I'll kind of jump ahead a little bit here um, to the next player on this list. And then the final player on this list, Francisco Cervelli, which is the Pittsburgh Pirates, and Mike Zanino, now with Tampa Bay Bucking uh, 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 Devil Rays. Mm-hmm. Or I guess just Rays now, right? Uh, both of those guys, to me, that would be a pair of guys I'd be happy to go in with and stream back and forth based on the matchups for the week or the number of at-bats. Yeah, Cervelli knows how to take a walk. I've yeah. had him a couple times in the last couple of years, uh, and he'll get streaky with the hits. He's not I, – I mean, he won't hit any home runs. Right. So you don't expect that. He'll, you know, he'll be a station-to-station guy, you know, where he can get hot from time to time mm-hmm. and get, you know, piece some hits together. But – uh, I do think Zunino's super intriguing. If he can keep his batting over average above 235, then I think he could actually be a pretty – like, he could be a top, like, seven catcher. Well, he's been a high-potential guy forever. Yeah. But, I mean, he, how many years was he in Seattle but and he I never also did feel, it? But they haven't really – have they given him a full shot, you know? Like, no. I just feel like he's like Justin Smoke. They just they kept hoping and kept hoping and kept hoping, and then every time you're like, we just can't keep starting this guy, he's killing us. You I know. suppose, yeah. I mean, I get, yeah. I mean, you get to a point where the guy is killing you. You can't keep leave him in the line. But then he gets but, hot, and then he's great. But it's, you know, a lot of times you see a guy get a change of scenery and he busts out. So who yeah. knows? Yeah. You know? Yes. Yeah. Very um, important. I just think he's, you know, a wild card, and I think that's a yep. good place to rank him, right about that 10, 11, 12 area. And that's what I'm saying. I will, yeah. If I had those two guys to swap back and forth whenever yep. I feel like it, I, I would be happy with that. Yeah, so agreed. Next on that list is Austin Hedges, which I mean I know him, but I'm a little surprised. He's I guess they're, they're hoping pop. a lot. Could, I mean, he could be a 20 homer guy, you know. Just such a bad team. Yeah. You know, and they just and that's not a hitting uh, stadium. No. Yeah. They need to fix everything about that team. Uh, and then the final one we have listed on here before Mike Zeno actually is Danny Jansen of Toronto. He's the one I don't know very well. He's a rookie, right? Well, he played a little last year, I guess. Um, so he's young. He can hit. Uh, he's got a little bit of pop. He's kind of, uh, he's a little rare because you don't see these guys. Most of these guys coming up now don't hit right. with the catchers. So this kid can hit. So we'll see. I think he's a wild card. Uh, everything I've read about him anyway is that he's, you know, the, I think the big test will be the 162 game rigor for him. Sure. Um, you know, we'll see what he does later in the season. I got two names. I'm just going to throw out real quick that I like. Uh, that are kind of lower on the list. You also have a uh, Francisco Mejia, uh who qualifies at catcher, I think, in most leagues. I don't know if he'll stay there. Uh, he's just not great defensively, mm-hmm. but but has been very minor leagues. And then also and he Willie, plays for. Uh, I believe he actually plays for San Diego as well. Okay. So that'll be an interesting situation. Um, and then I've got Wellington Castillo. Huh. Another guy that I think could be kind of a sleeper slash possible 20 homer guy. Cup? No, he's a White Sox. He's a White Sox. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, so a good list and a good start to our fantasy baseball coverage. We'll, of course, start covering positions from here on out uh, as it's the, the drafts, the Major League Baseball day they've had ever. And what, or since what is the day? Games. March, uh, March 28th. Okay, cool. So it's a Thursday, I believe it is, or 27th. Hey, and, and shout out to uh, Frank Robinson, guys, MVP first black manager uh passed away at 83 two days ago and be sure to keep your eyes on the uh oklahoma thunder game today west russell westbrook has a chance on saturday to tie wilt chamberlain for the most consecutive games with a triple double and that does happen today so uh, jp any final notes in the last few seconds here no i i think you guys were right on with your catchers i actually like the list you guys came up with we all know that you guys are the baseball gurus 
as well as I'm the college football guru. But uh, yeah, I like everything that you said. Well thought out show. Everybody got to do their thing. So, <laughs> and uh, hopefully we'll be adding a segment uh, soon to the show here with Nate and his football uh, card collecting and 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 unwrapping. Uh, we got ten seconds. So thanks for so, so much for tuning in. Uh, make sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And have a great weekend. Offensive out. The Monopoly Collect and Win game is back at Safeway. There are over $250 million in prizes and money-saving offers. So shop and play for your chance to win. Buy these great items and earn a Monopoly game ticket. Fritos or Cheetos, $1.88 each. And Folgers Coffee Selected Varieties, $5.99 with digital just-for-you coupon. Shop, play, win at Safeway today. See game rules at shopplaywin.com. Monopoly is a trademark of Hasbro. All rights reserved. Hasbro is not a sponsor of the promotion. The Monopoly Collect and Win game is back at Safeway. There are over $250 million in prizes and money-saving offers. So shop and play for your chance to win. Buy these great items and earn a Monopoly game ticket. Fritos or Cheetos, $1.88 each. And Folgers Coffee Selected Varieties, $5.99 with digital just-for-you coupon. Shop, play, win at Safeway today. See game rules at shopplaywin.com. Monopoly is a trademark of Hasbro. All rights reserved. Hasbro is not a sponsor of the promotion. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.